Listen to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, the following, the following. The journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. I got you, babe. I got you. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. No, it's not. It's actually kind of warm today. Surprisingly warm today. 100 degree flip-flop in the past week. And who says global warming isn't real? Welcome to the Midwest. Welcome to Foodies Watching Movies, Season 3, Episode 10. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me back, as always, the co-creator of Foodies Watching Movies, Miss Veronica. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. And also back, joining us, as always, this season, our other co-host, Miss Sarah. How's it going? Yo. What you up to? Eating this cookie. Yeah, what about that cookie? You want to talk it's about it? Dang delicious. <laughs> Can't <laughs> stop eating it. <laughs> it's one of those sugar cookies, those fancy ones. Like the ones they make in those videos. Did you that take like, a picture of it? I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> we started okay. eating it. That's she okay. started eating it, and then I was like, I Whoa. asked if I could have some. I, well, you brought it to me, so yes, you can have a bite. I did bring it to you from my, my little cafe I work at, and I will be happy to take more pictures and buy you some more cookies. Yeah. Once you break the surface of that like perfect icing God, on those kind of cookies kills it those cookies it's are, just it's over mm. you have to eat it after that i'm just up staring at it and I, I was done for so no long answer i did not take a picture of it <laughs> i'm so sorry it went too fast well no, it was yeah, a beautiful heart-shaped cookie we're making them for yeah. valentine's day it had edible glitter and everything tiny little roses oh polka dots you'll have to imagine it how cute. Audience. <laughs> I'll take a picture and post it on our Instagram when I go back to work. Good call. Oh, yeah. You'll see more. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to make, uh, she's making all different kinds for Valentine's Day. Well, there she you makes go. Some beautiful ones. You can check out her cookies at the Cookie Bake Shop, I think it is, and Gold Star Cafe and Catering on Facebook. Cheap plug. Nice. Yeah, I yeah, love I it. Do what I can. Hey, V, can you, I got to ask you a question. What, what was up with, what was up with that intro today? Oh, well, uh, nice segue. Uh, we watched Groundhog's Day, yeah, one of our favorite movies. Ah, I was so excited. It's a movie that always seems to be on when I'm on vacation staying at a hotel somewhere. No matter yeah. where I'm at, Groundhog's Day is on. It's fucking weird. That is weird. Yeah, because this is a weird movie. That movie sticks to you. Yeah. And it just follows you. It's in there. It is on a lot. It used to be on a lot when I had TV a long time ago. Yeah, it was always on like TBS or 
TNT or whatever these acronyms are. And I always watched it. Every time. You see <laughs> yeah. it's on, you watch it. It's a great like, movie. Oh, which one is he on now? Which <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which Scrooge? It's either Scrooge or this one. Yeah. I think that uh Phil Curry Phil Curry, Phil Connor is an interesting character in Groundhog's Day because he and we talked about this as we were watching it, he evolves throughout the whole movie and but there's does like he really? but he does because he's like a different scumbag throughout he changes scumbagedness <laughs> bill murray's the ultimate scumbag with the heart of gold yeah. that you hate to love and root for but you do anyway yeah ultimate heel yeah i love him in this movie it's so funny and he's so dry and it's just like mm-hmm. this is like what i would consider the apex of what bill murray is as an actor his character of Bill Murray is Phil Connors. Yeah, because you feel you feel like for yeah. him in certain spots, and then you remember who he is, and like scumbag, he's kind of an it's asshole, scumbag. and you're like, oh man, I can't mm-hmm. feel that sorry for you, Phil Connors. Yeah, so we're assuming that everybody that's listening to this podcast has probably seen Groundhog's Day at some point in their lives because if, it's a classic, and like we said, it's always on. If you're not, you're a fucking millennial. Go out and watch it. I mean, right? Oh, I don't know. I'm if, not. If you have lived your life and are listening yeah, you to definitely our, go out and watch. Listen, it. if you're right. listening I to our podcast, to hold on. You're gonna follow me back. If you're listening to our podcast and you haven't seen Groundhog's Day, the only thing I can understand is that you're too young to have somehow seen it. But I still don't know how that's even possible. It's everywhere. Yeah, I feel like everybody's seen this movie, and if you haven't, please do, because it's magnificent. It's an excellent Bill Murray movie. It's almost a perfect Bill Murray movie. Yes, we're quite the Bill Murray apologists, I must say. (laughs) (laughs) Go, watch, spread the word. The gospel of Bill Murray. Yeah. There's a new Bill Murray thing on Netflix that I haven't watched. Oh, Uh, Sarah, didn't you watch that? Did you watch it? The Bill Murray thing? Oh, Oh, that, that's like about, hmm, he's kind of like a legend. That's about all his legend stories. About, I want to um, see it. It looked hilarious. You know what? It's it so either. good. You know, hilarious, maybe, but like, it's just good. It's about him and like stuff that he does that's random. And I don't even want to spoil it. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Okay. We just need to watch it. That's on the list. Okay, that'll be I forgot about list. it. You just made the list. What if was I remember it called? right, it, I don't even remember what it was called. I watched it either right after I had my tooth pulled or something else. I was like by myself. Were you and sick? Was that when you were sick? Or something. It might have been. I think I might have been sick. It's a rough winter. Yeah, but I just thought, I'm just going to watch this because Bill Murray. Yeah, I need to. I forgot what it was called. It's called the Bur- Bill Murray Stories: Life Lessons Learned from a Mythical Man. Yeah, They're on Netflix. Yeah, I want to check it out. That's going to be my uh, homework. It's on the list. There's other things on on the list right now too. We have a Nate ton of things on the list. list. Yeah, do we want to keep talking a little bit more about Groundhog's Day? Because yeah, there's a thing. We'll get that back to the list. There's a thing that you have that you looked up, Sarah. Do we want to talk about that now? This crazy theory or couple theories because i got a, a little well thing. for the people that have not seen groundhog day or groundhog's day is it, it's plural yes groundhog's day some some people say it different i don't yeah, know yeah it's groundhog midwest day. whatever 
Anyway, anyway, uh-huh. um, do do you want to give like a brief, very brief synopsis of this movie because it can be summed up fairly quickly? Oh, wait a minute, I'm looking at it. It is Groundhog Day. See, okay, it, yeah. there's no S. It is Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. quick synopsis. So, uh, Phil Connor is a reporter. He goes to Puxatani to go to Groundhog's Day to celebrate with. The Their annual Groundhog Day Festival. Yeah, with Puxatani Phil going to see a shadow or not. And he lives his first day, goes to bed, and wakes up the next morning to live the exact same day over again. It's the OG edge of tomorrow. It literally, he just keeps reliving the same day over and over and over. He kind of starts to take advantage of this. He starts to learn the world is how it's working around him and work it to his advantage. Learning things a previous day, knowing he can carry it into the next day and and take advantage of people in certain ways or stealing money or other things of that nature. And Mm -hmm. ultimately it wraps back around to him finding the goodness in people and trying to do good for people with this power and knowledge. And uh, he breaks the spell. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't want to totally spoil it at the end there. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But, well, I guess if I read this thing, it's gonna spoil it. But it's an old movie. It's an so, old movie. Let's just say right now yeah. that we are going to have a spoiler warning. And if you have not yet seen Groundhog's Day, maybe uh, apparently Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, you know, I think what it is is Groundhog Day for this movie. But like here in the Midwest, we say Groundhog's Day. Right. Like I think that might be a regional thing. I, that's I why know. I said Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I think uh, it might be. By regional. the way, this movie Whatever. came out in '93, right? '93. Yeah, this movie came out in '93. Means it's going to be on our '90s bracket. Just keeping it real, as it should be. It definitely is going to make that list. It's Watching on, this it's movie made me really miss Harold Ramis, though. Oh man, mm-hmm. for real. He has he a cameo role as the doctor. Yeah, and he's also the director. And the director and writer of this movie. Yeah. We were going to talk about that a little bit later, too, with the whole uh, Ghostbusters teaser that came out. Absolutely. We'll get mm-hmm. to there. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, and, and actually, I just realized another thing we can Bill Murray talk about. Hashtag Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, shit, yeah. He's returning We posted on that. Foodies last week that when the little poster dropped. Yeah. They that did the, the new year. Zombieland movie is coming out in uh, October. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take place like 10 years in the future, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be hysterical if mm. uh, Bill Murray's character was his Groundhog Day character and he kept living his last day as a zombie over he's and over again? He's supposed to be making a cameo in the movie, right? Yeah, he's back. That's what I read. Yeah, I think Dan Aykroyd as well. Maybe back as a zombie, a real zombie. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe he's like their pet or something. I don't know. <laughs> like Michonne's pets. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell were we talking about? Groundhog Day? Correct. And Sarah has a theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was nuts. This totally changed the way yeah. I thought about <laughs> how this movie while I was watching it. Because I was like, why don't you just tell me this theory, you know, on the podcast when we're talking about it later? And she's like, I don't know. I ca- you've seen this movie a million times. I kind of want you to just watch it through this lens and see what you think and i kind of am glad that i did yeah it's weird that's right that's why we did the whole spoilers alert thing yeah i'm hoping that it's not gonna be i don't know i didn't read you the actual (laughs) whole long article no you gave me a summary and i was like totally intrigued by it and it holds up i'm just gonna say now it's interesting it's quite interesting it is 
after what Nate told me he found about the original what what was it now the original oh, screenplay or the original, oh, the original ending ending yeah well, uh, which I don't think we should talk about that till the after we talk about sure yeah things. yeah for yeah, real yeah. for real but because that kind of puts a like oh on this sort of like the, the fan theory thing you mm-hmm. know like you want to have an, an air of mystery still mm-hmm. I guess about I don't know anyways so this is called let's see this is from one year ago it's from a website called shortlist I don't know what that is but. It says this Groundhog Day fan theory might change how you see the film forever. Whoa, it kind of did. It wants to be clickbait, but uh, I'm going to read this now. Okay, here's what you probably know about Groundhog Day. It's a seminal early '90s comedy. It stars Bill Murray as grouchy Pittsburgh weatherman Phil Connors, reluctantly sent to cover a yearly groundhog tradition in the small town of Punxsutawney where he finds himself doomed to repeat the same day over and over and over again. Wacky hilarity ensues, a dabble of romance, more hilarity, and like Scrooge to the sequel, we discover that his character is so cantankerous that the only way he's able to see how poorly he treats others is when he's entrenched in a supernatural state. It's uplifting, melancholic, clever, and brilliant. There's your synopsis. Uh, (laughs) Well, here comes something you probably didn't know. And it could just alter your take on this classic film forever. To begin with, it's important to assess the events that transpired toward the end of Phil's first day. Unable to get back to Pittsburgh when a massive blizzard even the the city's sharpest weatherman couldn't foresee, punctuation, brings traffic to a snowy standstill. Phil, chattering and dressed in a little more than a shirt, stands on a highway remonstrating with a state official who informs him it's a no-go. Later back in town, we see Phil drowning his sorrows at the bar, joined briefly by his co-workers, who naturally he dismisses. After, afterwards, he finishes his pit- pitiful night off with an excruciatingly cold shower. We know he's in discomfort from the close-up of him scrambling for the taps, and another shot from outside the curtain, <laughs> I've tried out to laugh, showing him fumbling madly inside. The camera then cuts to him wandering down the corridor in chilly distress. Cut to the next scene. Black tiles whirl from 5.59 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe blares out the alarm's tinny speakers, and we're left to assume it's a direct repeat of the previous day, with our man clueless that he's stuck in limbo. The trouble is, Phil's dead. Well, at any rate, he's dying, never to return to mortality, and scold another colleague again. We didn't get to see him get into bed. We didn't get to see him setting that iconic alarm, just wandering the corridors of that quaint bed and breakfast, grumbling erratically about his cold shower. More erratically than usual, that's because our man slipped backwards after his panicked jump out of the tub, cracked his head, and got a concussion. A concussion which, a concussion which, that's hard to say, (laughs) coupled with the booze in his system and a possible bout of hypothermia brought about thanks to his highway stunt and that icy shower, it eventually kills him. Shit. (laughs) she got real they say that when someone dies the brain keeps going and cells continue to activate while the rest of the body does not well this is exactly that as phil's own mind condenses what it feels like is a thousand years of activity in little in a little more than a few seconds that's fucking horrifying (laughs) why else do you think he spends a near eternity meeting and greeting the same odd little characters encountered in the past 24 hours and so there he lies, skull-bashed in, possibly on the floor of his room, his brain replaying all of the day's previous events. From our point of view, 
Phil's time spent in limbo is 80 to 85 minutes running time, give or take. From his own, it's 10,000 years, that being the amount of time director Harold Ramis said he believed the character was trapped in the ceaseless time loop for. But what if this whole time Ramis knew that this was all in Phil's mind, that a mishmash of electronic signals rushing through his cortex would all but feel like a thousand years of emotions but pass in the blink of an eye? But wait, it gets darker still, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Holy shit. (laughs) You look so pleased. (laughs) Ah, Fan theories. One of the most memorable scenes in the film, you may recall, involves Phil bumping into an old acquaintance on his walk into town that first Groundhog morning. Groundhog Day morning. That man is Ned Ryerson. You know, Ned Ryerson. Needle nose Ned. Ned the head, Case Western High alumnus, who did this whistling belly button trick at the talent show. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. <laughs> Bing. That's him. Bing. 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 Played by Bing. character actor Stephen. Wait, how do you say his name? Tobolowski, I, I guess. Tobolowski, maybe? Tobolowski. Yeah. This excitable stranger wastes no time in trying to convince Phil that the pair know each other from their younger days. Even going so far as to pull out the sibling card, claiming he once dated Phil's sister, Mary Pat. Still visibly unsure who this babbling man is, Phil, in his own dry manner, feigns recognition in a bid to get rid of him, hurriedly pacing alongside his old pal Ned, who it turns out is the life insurance in, is in the life insurance game, goes straight into the cell, beating on Phil's chest with fraught endeavor and laying it on thicker than a groundhog hide. Oh, really? Honey. Yeah. Do you have life insurance, Phil? Because if you do, you could always use a little more, right? I mean, who couldn't? But you want to know something? I got the feeling you ain't got any. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? You know, I got friends who live or die by the actual tables, and they say, hey, it's one big crapshoot anyway. Tell me, have you ever heard of single premium life? Because I think that really could be the ticket for you. Single premium life. Figured it out yet? At this point, you may be thinking that Ned's actually a con man, fully aware this TV personality would be making his seventh trip for Groundhog Day, and that by doing his homework to fake a backstory about long-ago kinship, he might be able to scam poor Phil out of his savings. Only it's worse than that. Ned Ryerson is the devil. Those eyes, the gazed, crazed expression. It's so obvious something was off about this loner. Tobolowski wasn't just playing, I hope that's how you say his name, wasn't just playing an oddball. He was playing Satan himself, the Prince of Darkness, the Fallen One, attempting to collect Phil's soul before his brain fully shuts off and he transcends into the afterlife. Think about it. From the freak, unprecedented snowstorm to the cold shower to the van not starting, everything seemed to go wrong following the first meeting with Ned. Even the groundhog predicting six more weeks of winter, the rotter. Phil's fateful mistake was rushing away from life insurance salesman and right into that large puddle, eliciting Ned's famous response, watch out for that first step, it's, it's a doozy. Juice. And what about that very line itself, watch out for that first step, cackling away from the safety of the pavement, Ned was, in, uh, was Ned impish, impishly forewarning another wet tumble Phil would have when jumping out of the tub in his shivering state that evening? <gasps> Nobody, uh, note that nobody else notices this back and forth. Ned isn't even on the radar for passersby because he simply doesn't exist, visible only to Phil. Besides, does it not strike you as odd that Phil wouldn't recognize him, a man he seemingly spent such a close proximity with during his youth? Surely he's uh, highly sardonic and doesn't suffer fools gladly, but he's also sharp as attack and yet at a loss, not a flicker of acknowledgement in his mind. 
caught up in this Punxsutawney purgatory, it's not long before our man eventually tries to end it all by topping himself, electrification in the bath with a toaster, driving a car off a cliff with a groundhog for company, further proof this wasn't the groundhog's doing, but all to no avail because, again, it's all in his head. But what about that happy ending? You're probably wondering when one in one exhausting day he does it all, stopping a man from choking on his food with the Heimlich maneuver, a boy getting injured from falling from a tree, fixing a tire for a couple of nice old ladies, buying WrestleMania tickets for a young pair of newlyweds, uh, playing the piano at the big dance, and of course winning the heart of his long-standing love interest and producer Rita, Andy McDowell. Uh... What may have slipped your mind about this final evening among all these feel-good plot points is the other person Phil has done a good deed for. As he and Rita look to escape the festivities for some alone time, the pair bump into an old friend of Phil's. Yep, good old Ned Ryerson, passing, passing by a side entrance and only too keen to tell Rita what Phil bought from him earlier that day. It turns out he bought the entire caboodle, whole life term, uniflex, fire, theft, auto, dental, and wait for it, with the optional death and dismemberment plan. Mm. He signed on the dotted line. Phil didn't need hell to freeze over. It already was. And if you're wondering why Rita is able to see Ned, noticeably on his lonesome again, she's a figment of Phil's imagination at this point, so it wouldn't even matter. So now Phil signed his soul away to this bespeckled cross between Freddy Krueger and the Grim Reaper. He finally gets his tomorrow. Of sorts. Why do you think you don't see another person in sight as the pair walk out into the snow-white, Capra-like setting, just a car in the distance? As his brain reaches its shut-off point and the cells lessen and memory finishes, Ned has trapped him in another loop, one which is, well, in one in which life is simpler with fewer people, less interaction, more snow. Eventually it will just be Phil on his own, unconsciously living in a false reality. So there you have it. You're Neo and we're Mor Morpheus, pills in hand, pulling the plug on this sham world so you can sit up and see it for yourself. We're not expecting you to go with everything laid out here, but at the very least hoping you open your mind to the possibility that there was something far darker to this modern fable. After all, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that Ned Ryerson was a secondary character. <laughs> there you have it. That was... Uh, Dark as an incredible fuck. fan theory that, was interesting. that I read <laughs> that Very really dark. towed the line, <laughs> yeah, guys. It tried really <laughs> hard. I know. It really went for it. I thought it was interesting, the part where you were talking about how he was saying that um, like Bill Murray's character did the exact same thing to that Nancy character where he created a, a fake personality and like spent several days getting to know her and then like wooed her just to bed her you know mm -hmm. like asked her personal questions and like you took advantage of the situation just so he could like nail some stranger mm -hmm. and she had no idea like she just went along with it she's like oh okay so it's believable that Ned could be pull, like pulling over on him the same I was thinking yeah, the, yeah. Exact he same did the exact same thing to that Nancy chick so he had it coming I guess right I don't know Start. I could poke some holes in that theory, but I'm not going to. Yeah. You said that it's like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Freddy Krueger or whatever, and I just kept thinking, welcome to Puxatani, bitch. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> welcome to Puxatani. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It just put, it really like just the basic points of that was what was an interesting kind of little theory. Yeah. yeah when I gave I you like the overview earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That would totally change the way I watched the movie. It was really interesting. Uh I don't know. I, I liked that that theory. I also really like 
the idea that it really did end happily. I think you should talk about the original ending idea. Yeah, so... That they thankfully <clears throat> decided not to go with, in my opinion. The OG script was found. They were going through it or whatever. And there were scenes in there featuring Phil's ex-girlfriend who does something. I They didn't really say what. But essentially, it's her fault that Phil is stuck in Groundhog Day. And... He's there for 10,000 years, allegedly. Like she cursed him to she stay in this him. limbo for 10,000 yes. years. Yeah. And that's how they were going to end up the movie. Mm. Well, maybe they wouldn't have ended it, but it would have maybe clued the viewer in to what was happening more so it wasn't so mysterious. I like that they left it mysterious. Correct. I said that earlier that it just makes it... It makes it what it is. That's what th- what makes it art. If they would have done that, it would have been cheap and stupid. It doesn't have to be all witchy. Well, it doesn't have to be stupid. It can <laughs> just be, be what it is and not have to answer those questions. Like, why did that happen to him? What's causing that? Is Like, you know. You had made a good point that if they would have went with that original ending, he would have walked out of that as a god. Yeah, like if mm-hmm. they would have said the whole thing about 10,000, like him living 10,000 years of that same day in the human experience, he would come out of it like totally enlightened and like he could spend 10,000 years learning everything and just become like a god if he wanted to. Yeah, because he could just like, it, he doesn't have to stay in Puxatani. That's actually an interesting question. Could he have found a different way out of Puxatani? Because, I mean, technically speaking, he's trapped there because of the road being blocked off. But is there an alternate version where he gets out? And then what happens then? Or is or do you think he can only ultimately learn everything he can in Puxatani? Because then at that point... I think they took the whole 10,000 years thing out. So that way it's ambiguous. You don't know how many days he's actually been there, how many months or years or whatever. He might be there for that long, too. You don't... Yeah, exactly. You have no idea as a viewer, but they, the character was only developed to that point in the movie. You know, like the character was only going to be... De- as developed as it is at the end of the movie. So it's safe to say, in my opinion, that it wasn't really 10,000 years, and that's why they didn't say that. Like, mm. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. I want to know more about this TV that you saw at the beginning that you said something shifted. Oh, yeah. So we were watching the beginning of the movie. Uh, they were just finishing up their weather report at the studio and getting ready to go to Paxatoni or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... It was like it. the camera angle backed up away from the studio and then like zoomed into this little TV th- that was playing what was going to be the opening credits, you know, like the, c- mm. the skyline helicopter shot of the city. Just a clever transition, it yeah, seems. Yeah, it's just a clever transition. But I was like thinking like, hmm, it's like we got sucked into the TV and this is just this version of what's c- happening like in this weird TV world. Yeah, I have so many different ways I think about this movie. It's like something's right there, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't think about the death 
the dead thing before today, though. I've heard the purgatory dead. theory before, but I've never heard it to that point. Yeah, that was I, pretty I never <laughs> have heard the whole weird. he died and slipped in the shower. Like I know, what right? What I had heard was like this was <laughs> his experience in this weird limbo, kind of like purgatory. Like it was never, you know, gruesomely explained to me like but that before. It it makes sense. I mean, they were looking for validation in the narrative, you know, yeah. in what happened. Uh, actually in the film but like it makes sense because bill murray's character is the only point of view everybody else resets everybody is in his snow globe right but when did he enter the snow globe maybe at the tv that's when i thought it maybe tv when they left the studio what about like you know when he's out there talking to that copy, you know, and he gives him a choice. Is that a turn left moment right there? You know, is that like, you know, he's like, you know, you can either go through the snow. I think it was already in motion before that. So I've got yeah. another. Was, he was never going to do it because he was not wearing a coat. He was like, oh, well, I can't do that. It's not my choice because I'm going to freeze to death if I walk. Yeah. You know? So uh, I found an interesting theory that I want to talk about. And I didn't know this is real. So this is very real right now among the first groups to embrace the message of groundhog day were buddhists who were moved by its story of rebirth as a part of a talk at new york city's hudson union society in 2009 director harold ramus spoke about the many people who had been moved by the film including his zen buddhist mother-in-law she isn't alone in an essay entitled groundhog day the movie buddhism and me Spiritual Cinema Circle <laughs> co-founder. That's a sentence I never thought you'd say. Yeah, Whoa. right. Uh, Spiritual Cinema Circle co-founder Stephen Simon calls the film a wonderful human comedy about g- being given the rare opportunity uh, to live several lifetimes all in the same day. Of course, that's not how the film was marketed, but for our purposes, I believe that concept is at the soul of the story. In an interview. Word. In an interview with the New York Times, Dr. Angela Zito, co-director of NYU's Center for Religion and Media, noted that the film illustrated uh, illustrates the Buddhist idea of samsara, or continuing rebirth. In Mayana, I'm probably butchering that, Buddhism, nobody ever imagines they are going to escape samsara until everybody else does. That's why you have bodhisattvas, who reach the brink of nirvana and stop and come back and save the rest of us. Bill Murray is the bodice savanna. He is not going to abandon the world. On the contrary, he is releasing or he is released back into the world to save it. Interesting. Hmm. That's a weird, interesting theory, but I didn't know there was an essay written called Groundhog Day, the movie Buddhism and me. That's so funny. I mean, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah, it it makes sense. Groundhog's Day, the movie, foodies, and me. (laughs) So I want to know, what would you do if that happened to you? If you had a Groundhog Day experience, what would you do, both of you? Hmm. Not, you know, I. uh, I think that if you didn't know that it was going to end either. Oh man. Ah. So I think that initially if I like the first day would be a trip. Like, is this real? Am I like, did somebody poison me? What is happening? You know? And I would just be like kind of taking it all in. 
once it was another repeat again and I was like very lucid and aware that I am in the same reality day again just be, like being recycled I think I would start searching for answers more than anything I don't think I would just like fuck with the world like sure Bill Murray kind of fucked with the world but he didn't go like who's doing this why is this happening where is this coming from how can I stop it those are questions I would have to figure out but you wouldn't be able to uh, you you would have to fucking try how what I, would you even do well I think I, I do think killing yourself is actually a viable solution in that regard because but in the movie that didn't uh, work he you're, woke up you but in my mind, the first thought would be like, well, maybe this is just a really terrifying dream. And if I die, I can just, it'll just reset. Right. But it doesn't, of course, as you said. So then you'd go, okay, well, then what's like, there's right. so, so you go through the whole thing that he went through, the whole acceptance, moving on. What do you do with that time once you have accepted your, your fate? Master everything I can. Like, learn every skill I can. Learn sewing. Until you learned, like, an important lesson, and then all of a sudden, the next day, it's tomorrow. Yeah, but that's so random, too, because what's the lesson? Who knows? Right. Like, this lesson is ambiguous in and of itself in the movie, so for, I don't know, it's 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 very bizarre. What that's, would you do with your time, Sarah, once you've accepted your fate? Mm. And you didn't know when it was going to end. Well, it would depend on where I was and what day it was, I suppose. Like, uh, I mean, it would be very different if you found yourself in that situation in, like, L.A., you know, or mm -hmm. something like that. You know, Okay, like, okay. You would have a very different experience than Punxsutawney. Well, earlier, before we start, when we first started watching this, we were talking about why did this happen to him on this particular day? Why this holiday? Why mm -hmm. this situation? Like, w what was the universe trying to get him to learn on that day that it happened? And that day was an important day for him. It was mm -hmm. a big day. He was doing a report that network executives were allegedly going to see so he could try to quit his shitty job and move on up to a bigger, higher-paying job at a network. Mm -hmm. And so a lot was riding on his performance, and he... I guess the universe just decided that that day he'd just been a prick one too many times and it was going to teach him his lesson. Yeah. Whatever. And the lesson was, you know, for him to grow and be a better person, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Power of love. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but so maybe if you were in a situation where you had something important coming up and it was the day of and you had to perform and then it was going to possibly lead you to something bigger and better hmm. but something happened where you woke up the next day when it was over and it was still that day and you had to live that day and like what would you do with that time would you just decide to like what would you do once you've accepted that that was, was what was happening do, do you need a second mm. to think on that like I guess so. Oh, I just, while you we were talking, I had a thing I wanted to say about why on Groundhog's Day. And I had a little weird theory that I wanted to just around there of. It is interesting to note that the Groundhog, Puxatani Phil, lives the same day. And Phil, Phil, they share the same name. Puxatani Phil lives essentially the same one important day of his life over and over and over and over again on a loop. 
Mm-hmm. He's there. He does his thing. He sees yeah, the how shadow. Often he do you ever it. see a groundhog? You don't, right? So it's, it's like maybe the universe is saying to Phil, like, appreciate the finer things in life. Appreciate Puxatani and, and the wonders of seeing this one day because you only do see it once a year. It is kind of a special thing, you know? That, that, that's all I had on that. Anyways. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sir? Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess I would just continue to just do what I do anyways, <laughs> you know? Like, you just, I would just go back to default and be like, well, I'm going to get really good at whatever's in front of me, whatever's available to me that's around, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, which would probably be something musical, you know? Something artistic, whatever. Throw but yourself into the piano. Yeah, and then, like... I guess continue to mess with the environment and constantly look for patterns. That's what I would do. Because I think that patterns are like key to lots of lots of solutions. Yeah, it's like a big video game, big puzzle yeah. with yeah. all the NPCs. Choose your own adventure. It, if you look for the if you look for the patterns, then likely you'll see the thing that whatever is happening around you is trying to tell you. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's what I would do. I th- and I think oh. maybe that that's a, a good thing to play off of because the first three days in a row, he doesn't learn the puddle lesson. Right. He, right. he three times in a row steps in that fucking puddle. Let me tell you, if I've stepped in the puddle once, I know it's there. I don't care what day well, it is. Well, he was so freaked out. You're right. He wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about it. No, you're right. It. But I mean, by this day, is an excellent lesson in being aware of your surroundings and how important that is. Being yes. aware of what you're doing, being in the moment, in the present, not thinking about the past, not thinking about worrying about the future, but just living your life, aware of what's going on, so you don't step in a giant fucking puddle. <laughs> Great yeah. allegory. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Groundhog's Day, that Groundhog Day, whatever you want to call it, we'll let the semantics police Aren't decide. you going to answer the question? Oh, shit. Uh, oh, good save, Sarah. I was about to say it, and you beat me to it. Nice. Oh. Hmm. Well, I think once I got to a point of acceptance, which I feel like would take a really long time, I would either go crazy or I would, like you said, throw myself into things that I'm passionate about, and I would want to learn as many things as I possibly could, and I would be super grateful that I was magically allotted all the time in the fucking world to do it. And I'd become a master. What the fucking master? Fucking lord. Queen. Fucking queen. No, I would just be super fucking educated and, you know, I'd be able to better my life when it decided to move on. That's what I would do. You know, (laughs) another great allegory of stepping into a giant fucking puddle would be what you guys thought of this other movie we watched this week. <laughs> it's like Ooh. stepping in a giant puddle. It was a Yeah. Segue. It was more like sitting in it for two and a half hours or however long so it was. I was so mad that and then that you're, was such a long movie. And then only like your your socks and your butt are wet. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to walk around like that all day. Soggy. That's how yeah. I feel after watching Aquaman. Soggy. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Hashtag soggy. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Aquaman, guys. That was pretty fucking wretched, in my opinion. What I happened? 
What happened, DC? I want to know what everybody liked about it. Yeah, Nate, you said that this movie got excellent reviews. We were stoked to watch it. The trailer looked dope. This was another one of those things where the critics shit on it. The fans gave it raving reviews. Weird. Well, I'm going to shit on it. It was not very good. We must be the critics. It did really, really, really well. (laughs) adjust my glasses. We are foodies watching movies. It did really, really, really well at the box office. like the highest uh, money-making movie of DC in all time for them, I guess. Like, it beat the Dark Knight out, finally? Well, I understand. They had such an excellent marketing campaign. Their advertising for this movie was really good. Like, Their star's Jason a Momoa good dude. was... I think he did the best he could for what was given to him. Like, mm-hmm. he barely had any lines, but they were I've all seen him in other so. things, and he can act. He's not just, like, a big hunk of man, you know? Like, <laughs> he's fucking wonderful in my opinion yeah i love him and i think that he's hilarious and he's super funny and he can act really well and this movie fucking sucked just like <laughs> a giant bat mad. i dig it like they just totally it could have been so much better i've it already ran- been better i've already ranted about this on jic so it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get too deep into it but this movie better. was <laughs> false advertisement <laughs> through and through yeah, Sarah's because like, I feel lied to. I did. I felt lied to. Center the mic, please. <laughs> you're very quiet. Oh. It's okay. I'm just trying to make sure you're you're heard on the mic on the microphone. Sorry. Uh, uh, so, this movie was very much false advertisement. They gave us like a five minute clip of all this action. Like, this movie's gonna be fucking radical. Mm-hmm. And sure, there were lots of fights. But they were not the greatest. There was too many fights. The None over, of them fucking uh, made sense or even needed to happen. Too much CGI. And Patrick I get it, Wilson. you're underwater. Ugh, what happened? I I used to really like him as an actor. I used to I like all of the movies that I've seen him in, except this one. Yeah. Mm. Dolph Lundgren was Jeez, in this movie man. and just like, ah. Uh, no, you know, this was one of those movies where I was really hopeful throughout that at some point it was going to catch me and I was going to go, oh, I fucking get it. This movie's genius. Like, oh, I love it. I'm sold. It never did. It, it didn't hook like, me. It was so awful. And I was trying really hard to be on board. Like, the first big fight scene with Nicole Kidman at the beginning and she's just kicking all kinds of ass. Mm. I was like, God damn, I want this to be good. I want to like this so bad, but it's The cinematography there was nice, actually. Like, the shot yeah, was cool. But everything else blew. It was not. It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for mm-hmm. me. It was not for us. Let's just say that. It was for 13, 14-year-old boys. Yeah, it was like... It was not for 31-year-old Veronica. A 90s mm-hmm. action movie. It was very, you know? very old school. It was Power Rangers. It was oh, that's the best perfect. analogy. That's it. It, it was, was Power, Power Rangers. Rangers 2019. With a budget and still shitty green screen. What was that Sahara Desert horse shit? <laughs> I think it was because it was a, th- a movie that was in 3D. We did not watch this movie in 3D. So, Maybe. I mean. It should not affect the 2D viewing experience. I remember you seeing know? a lot of a lot of 3D movies that when you watch them not in 3D, they look terrible. Yeah, that's weird. It's just it's like just... a thing. I don't know. They shoot it in 3D and then they just convert it. It just looks shitty. Yeah, well, we wouldn't pick on it if it was better. It was one-liners. One-liners everywhere. It could have been so good. I think that it would have been 
excellent as an animated feature. If they yeah. would have kept all the same, the, the whole shebang bang all they the people. Done by like Teen Titans Go people, yeah, then it would have been perfect. But it, they just made them all voice actors instead. Or maybe, yeah, it, that's that's just how I felt about it. I just was like resolved about like a quarter of the way through the movie. Like, yep, this is what we're doing because it was just one more predictable thing. They used, it's like they took, they, they read a, a, a screenwriting 101, you yeah. know. Comic and book they, movie adaptation class 101. Right. Here's what you do. Oh, great. Let's just do that. I didn't understand why that had to be that way. And I mean, it's for somebody. Clearly, lots of people liked it. Not I. I mean... Also, how can Black Manta get so fucked up and not die? They really tried to force you to, like, care about people. Oh, that's what they was, This movie was so disjointed. There were so many subplots that nobody... Ca- that we didn't care about. Like It, it couldn't it, sink its claws in. No, it didn't gel together. It just was a clunky pile of shit movie mm. with occasional funny one-liners from the star of the movie yeah it feels painful to say i don't yeah. like giving a scathing review like i that. don't either i don't like being a downer i don't like mm. not liking things but i didn't like this movie it's weird because i was really looking forward to this movie i was highly anticipating this mm-hmm. movie i was yeah bugging you guys to watch this movie loved it ollie was going nuts about it he's like oh it was awesome mommy and I could see a five-year-old thinking that this movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Lots of explosions, lots of action, yeah. not a lot of substance. Like Talking to fish. One minute they're underwater in Atlantis. The one, the next minute they're in the fucking desert. And it's Indiana clothes, Jones and in the there mummy. somewhere. Like, what is going what on? What was that techno-Africa thing, too? It's so all over the place. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Who cares? You know what else kind of sucks? These uh, townhouse crackers. Every single one of the crackers I'm about to eat is like broken in this The sleep. whole damn box. Ninja chopped in half. The townhouse crackers. We the sleeve it, they looked good. beautiful in the sleeves. You they did not look broken at all and then you as you open the sleeves they would just gently crumble apart. Correct. All I just grabbed every, one and it just crumbled. You think you'd have one that was a perfect oh I got one no nope, but it would fall apart in your hands. And uh Luckily for bummer. us, we bought uh, the classic American food, Easy Cheese. Yeah, man, we've been on a kick and, with it uh, lately. You can just weld that shit together. <laughs> and I will say it doesn't taste the same as Ooh. it did in the 90s when no, I would it's buy this regularly. The texture's not the same. This is like the first time since the 90s that we've been buying this, sh- or at least I've been, I've been eating this shit. Yeah, we don't eat it all the time. But I'm eating the sharp cheddar Easy Cheese, and it's legit. Mm. I like it. Usually, I would get the American. That was always my jam, but they it kind of tastes different. It doesn't taste as good as I remember, so we've switched to the sharp cheddar. Switching it up. And that... Like anybody cares. Easy Sorry. cheese leads us, interestingly, into uh, hot ones. Because today, Nate and I watched with my dad an episode if, of hot ones. Do, have we talked about hot ones on here before? Yeah, we have mentioned it before. So a little bit. sauce. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. That first sauce, they the hot sauce they put out. I see. Well, uh... Which one did you watch? Weird Al. <sighs> I didn't know that didn't we... That. Well, my dad was over here, so... We watched <laughs> Weird watch Al, that. and uh, he took very tiny bites of the of the wings, but... Uh, not impressed. Bes- I was not impressed, but that's besides the point. Pussy. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Halfway <laughs> through, he starts asking a question about some recipe. I forget what he even calls it. 
But basically, Weird Al gives this recipe out for uh, what, what was it called? What do like you call a it? Twinkie Dingle Dong or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. But he took a Twinkie and cut it lengthwise, like as if it was a hot dog bun. Then puts the hot dog called. in the Twinkie, and then puts takes it on the top with the easy cheese instead of. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and then didn't he like? microwave it or something or like bake it i don't remember what it was that is the most asinine <laughs> stoner concoction it's I can a recipe think of. from weird al i'm pulling it Makes up sense. hold on so i want to know what it's actually called <laughs> that's what we're working with here you guys sounds awful. what did you call it a twinkie dinger dingle dog what was that what did you say i said a twinkie dingle dong <laughs> oh my god uh, um yeah bummed about these crackers but that's okay easy cheese who the hell came up with that i don't know <laughs> i don't want to know i'm just gonna eat it i know it's hard to it's hard to think about for it at some point in my life <laughs> <laughs> but that's a problem for later it can't be any worse than Velveeta. let's be honest man and i love cooking with Velveeta. like that's the ew, american my staple mom likes to make sandwiches with Velveeta and I don't like that at oh, all. Oh, that's an that's a, a generational thing. That's an old school thing. Yeah, yep. that's not I don't like I the like. slice of Velveeta cheese I've on always my hated sandwich that. all cold and oh, like Oh god, I hate it. Chewy. No. <laughs> like no. waxy. No. That's an, no, no, no. You guys I like to use it in my yeah. mac and cheese base. It's different it's when creamy. it's melted. It's very good melted. It's called a Twinkie wiener. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even oh, thanks, Weird Al. <laughs> and it's actually on all recipe. All oh. recipe has it, and it has a three point five rating. I bet it does. Uh, it it features yeah, easy cheese, a Twinkie, and a hot dog. That sounds like you would like it because <laughs> no. it would be like a corn oh dog. Oh my god, he's no. already. Thinking Do you deep about fry it? it? No, you just eat it straight up gross. No, no. You deep fry it, and then you have a deep fried corn dog, Twinkie dog. You have a drink, deep fried Twinkie just dog. Caramelize it all on the outside. Yeah. That's weird. Deep fried hot dogs are good. I think they're called rippers. Because <laughs> like the casing starts to rip. That's even worse than the name Slider, which I cannot stand. <laughs> it's an East Coast thing. Slide no. When White Castles adopted Slider. As they're like home thing, they're like, oh yeah, thing. they should totally call you them. You don't sliders. understand why people said that about your restaurant, right? They slide. Like, it's horrific. Right through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> By the way, speaking about sliders, <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, interesting segue, I guess. I have been really digging the the chicken sliders from Arby's. They have oh, yeah. sliders <laughs> like you can get all these different kinds for like a dollar fifty, and the chicken ones are amazing they're like super fresh and covered in swiss cheese and like a little bit of ranch or something mm. it's delicious yeah i haven't had that yet yeah dollar fifty and the, they served on these like little dinner rolls that are super soft and delicious recommended i, I had something delicious today i think oh, it's yeah. gonna offend you though oh yeah you said you had a burrito today oh yeah we went to this place el jefe the boss man is it new it's been there for a about two years, years oh, I think. maybe long maybe but few like years it has it's kind of like a drive-through and i always thought like maybe it had moderately okay reviews or something but i never gave it a chance one day we were leaving your house and it was like still open you're like oh we'll get a couple dollar tacos and try them fuck them whatever 
They were pretty good, actually. So we went today, and they have this big-ass, badass menu inside, and it's like, if it says boss man, it's a specialty. It's not like a normal whatever they've got like good it's like you know like crazy flavors and shit that they've they've made their own like specialty menu items or whatever Mm -hmm. so they've got this burrito called the california and i'm like what i did not i got my standard delicious normal tacos what kind did you get chicken uh yeah i got chicken today instead of the steak but yeah with the cilantro and onions Corn like the tortillas. same kind like that uh, Guero's has? Hashtag yeah. boring. And they, yeah. Boring? I like that. That's not boring. Yeah, it's boring. No. It's good. It's delicious. It's Simple. Good. Simple, clean, Simple. crisp. Simple. I like that. Simple's the better Just because you got a problem with cilantro doesn't mean you got to have a problem with the delicious tacos. You got a problem with Raptor. You got a problem with me. Sorry. I don't know what that is. That's what kind from, of taco? Well, tell me about your burrito. Could, that's from <laughs> Workaholics. Uh, uh the Random. dragon statue. Yeah, I remember. Anyways, uh, so I had the California burrito, and it has steak and pico de gallo and sour cream and guac and french fries in, in the burrito. That sounds delicious. <laughs> it was amazing. It was, it was huge. Incro- it was as big as my head. It's it stupid. It weighed like three pounds. I <laughs> Three to five Did you pounds. eat the whole thing? I got pretty fucking yeah. close. <laughs> he, it was a good th- three quarters of the way through. And then some. Yeah, I was probably like 90%. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what kind of fries? Amount. They were just like uh, thick cut fries. Steak cut fries? Yeah. I hate those kind. But oh. in a burrito, it's like having oh, just like man. delicious like potatoes. Potato. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, did, did I say pico? I had pico de gallo too. Yeah, you said mm-hmm. pico. Yeah, okay. that sounds like a delicious burrito. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we would have to split it that. It was really good. Sweet, we can do that sometime. I want to try a French fry burrito. Okay. Even if it is steak fries, I don't like steak cut fries. They're too thick for me. But if it's like fluffy like that and it's in a burrito, I'm gonna like it. Oh yeah, you will. I like potatoes and burritos. Mm. Yeah, they had a couple other ones that I was thinking about ordering. I can't really remember off the top of my head what they were called, but they had a lot of different options at this place. There it was, was overwhelming. so much. Yeah. Oh, there was so much. Yeah. I want to go back to El Salto again because they had like those like create your own, like build your own shit. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I remember that. But everything was so good and like fresh there. Oh yeah. That was good. V, what else we got on our list rocking out now? Well, let's see. We talked about Aquaman and uh, what a piece of shit that was. Talked about your burrito. Oh, I wanted to mention that uh, Gone with the Wind is going to be playing in theaters. I think it was February 28th and... March March 3rd or something? Something like that. I'm going to have to look. Um, Yeah, but it's uh, celebrating its 80th anniversary. That's awesome. Mm. Also celebrating its 80th anniversary is The Wizard of Oz. That makes sense. They both came out in 39. That's crazy. 1939 was a big year for movies. The golden age of movies. I think we've talked about that before. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, train of but our I existence. Go see that. I, I would love to go see Gone with the Wind in the theaters. And I feel like I would want to get dressed up, but I wouldn't. And then I'd regret it. Maybe, except every time we get dressed up for the opera, we feel overdressed. Yeah, but it's still fun. A little True. bit extra. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I want to go see Gone with the Wind. It's like three and a half hours. You're going to have to commit to uh, watching this movie. <laughs> I don't know. 
have you guys seen it all the way through? Oh, I like Gone I have years right. ago. I haven't seen it in many years. I see. It'd be a cool experience to go to the theater, though, because, truth, fact, statement, first date my grandparents ever went on, Gone with the Wind. Really? Yep. Wild. Yep. And then they were going to get married. My grandpa got shipped off to World War II. Wild. And then he came back, and then they decided to get married. And they moved to Roswell, New Mexico, and had my uncle. Wild. Yep. And that's a true story. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. That is cool. Oh, damn. I don't know where I want to go from here. Let sure. Me see. Uh, we were talking earlier about Harold Ramis with the whole Groundhog Day thing. And we just watched the new Ghostbusters teaser trailer. What Finally about that? talking about it on Foodies. Man, you know what's weird? It did it for me. Very little. Uh, I want to say that I'm pretty sure, uh, you can look this up, I'm pretty sure his son, Harold Ramis's son, is directing this one, or wrote and directed this one. And it's online to look up, if you want to, about who's directing the Ghostbusters 3 right, movie. I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> thanks, R&D department. Uh, but just in sound effects, just in giving me the old proton pack sound and, you know, the few little nods to the the music in the library in the first movie, you know, like just the few little nods they gave in that teaser alone was enough to make me go like, I want a trailer right now. God damn it. It's another like year and change away. Yeah, July 2020, they will be releasing Ghostbusters 3, making it a true sequel to the original films. Uh, let's see, according well, one of my own, streetrant.com says, It was recently announced that Sony is taking a new direction with the franchise by making a true sequel to the original films. The third installment of the previous franchise had secretly been in development by Jason Reitman, who is set to direct the film and already shot a short teaser trailer. The initial reports of Ghostbusters 3 stated a plan for Sony to get the movie out in theaters next year. With the project still making headlines, Sony is now given the sequel an official release date, which is, like I said, July 2020. July 10th, 2020. Yeah. So it's Ivan Reitman's son, Jason. Yes. Who was the original director and co-writer for Ghostbusters with Harold Ramis. Totally makes sense. Totally fucking makes sense. I love the concept, too. I looked it up, and they said, that, like, the brief synopsis is the OG cast essentially handing the torch down to a younger team with a mixture of both boys and girls on that team. Yeah, it's so, going to be attracting kids and families. So, man, uh, proper Ghostbusters, you know, no offense to... We still never even finished, or I, I don't think we even watched... Um, the reboot Ghostbusters. I haven't seen it. Yeah, no. You told me that you heard it was bad, and we just never got around to watching we it. We never did get around to watching it. We should try to maybe do that, I and guess. that's weird, because we love uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Leslie Jones is in it, too. Yes, Melissa McCarthy. Jones. and uh, God, she was hilarious on uh, that last episode of SNL. We watched that rap she did about living on the Upper hmm. East Side. That yeah. <laughs> was so funny. That was hysterical. SNL has been on point this season. <coughs> Man, they're before. so good. They're so good. 
James yeah. McAvoy was the the recent host. That was a funny episode, but he wasn't particularly like super funny to me. Mm. It was a funny episode. Yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed it. Another trailer we watched was the trailer for Toy Story 4, which I think we've all agreed that mm. we're not going to be watching. I don't I, think I can I see that movie. No. When both I'm good. Tom I'm good. Hanks and Tim Allen are like, man, this movie is fucking emotionally terrible. Like, yeah, it's sad no. as fuck. I don't want sad as fuck. I don't want my Toy Story experience to be tainted with sad as fuck at the end. All of them are sad. Uh, right. To some degree, I guess. I thought the first one wasn't sad. Pretty good. First one was totally sad. It had like abandonment issues and mm. jealousy and murder and mayhem. Attempted True. murder anyway. Do you guys remember that one time we were on this other podcast and this guy was talking about like he was singing like Randy Newman as a dog? That was <laughs> Oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I'm was a dog in my name and it's a dog. The Middle East. Oh, yeah. That shit was funny as fuck, man. <laughs> Damn. Oh. This is like I don't like that guy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Randy Newman. Yeah, I, so yeah, I will not be watching the new Toy Story movie. That's all we have to say about that. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, moving on. What else next? Uh, well, let's see. Oh, we were going to talk. Did we talk about all of the new hot ones that we wanted to talk no, about? No, I wanted to talk about Gordon Ramsay and his surgical precision cutting of that donut. And yeah. All the weird stuff he did on hot ones. And then, like, as his pain threshold began to, like, dwindle, he just opted out for grabbing the donut with his hands for getting yeah. the knife and fork etiquette and it was just it was one donuts. of the weirdest hot ones interviews i've ever seen he's such a weirdo he it's just so went funny he's it. really funny it was a good one yeah it was good i love gordon ramsay i've never seen anybody bring donuts to hot ones no, before and the lemon and the lime juice that was disgusting and he kept squirting it in his oh. mouth oh that was so gross yeah oh my I, god and he kept talking about his ass yeah he did He's ridiculous. Didn't realize when I walk out of here, I'd have three assholes. Every <laughs> like, hole in my body is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Why did I just think of that? You guys have seen the thing on Facebook. It's like what lava sounds like, and you click it because you want to hear like lava. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Mario music. God. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you go into Bowser's castle. Have you uh-huh. not seen that video, Sarah? Yeah, I, I've seen that. Okay, okay, my bad. It's okay. Yeah, that was a good episode of Hot Ones. The other good one we watched was the one with Abby and Alana from Broad City. Hell yeah. That was funny. Adorable. Per usual. It was tame. Yeah. Do you guys want to watch uh, the, f- I guess, is this the fifth and final season? Yeah, it's done. It's like the series finale. Yeah. Do you Damn. guys want to watch it? R.I.P. Broad City. Mm-hmm. I thought season one, two, and three was just hysterical. Yeah. Four yeah, got a little weird. Stuff. I yeah. think. I think it started to shift for me when they had Hillary on. Yep. I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't want the politics in my broad city. Yeah, well. Yeah. But it was there. Uh, whatever. I wonder what they're going to do next. I'm excited to see. I feel like... Uh, one of those two just lent their voice to a movie I watched, an uh, animated feature of oh, really? sorts. Yeah. That's cool. I don't remember what it was, though. That's okay. We had something else we needed to talk about. Uh, the Oscar noms oh, just were sh- re- uh, announced. 
Yeah. You want to read those off? Yeah, I've got the list here. It's this is foodies watching movies. Okay. It's vast. We've got the ballots. We'll probably be doing our official picks closer to Oscar time once we've had a little bit more time to attempt to see seen, some of these movies. I haven't seen any of these Oscar nominations. Incorrect. So, hold Excuse me. Sure, sorry. I haven't seen any of the Oscar nominations, so I don't know what movies are nominated, but I can say that more than likely I have not seen hardly any of them. And I'm actually going into this. telling you, you're incorrect. You've seen more than you've realized. Guaranteed. Okay. Okay, so let's let's go down it. As Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, A Star is Born. So, I've seen one of those. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Jesus. But you want to see Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously. Okay, we, this is not what I want to see. This no, is what I, I've actually there, seen. There's That's stuff what on, I said. Th- there's stuff on the list you've actually seen. I'm just... Gosh. Okay. Next on the list is Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Okay. We've got Sound Editing, A Quiet Place, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, and Roma. I don't know what Roma is heard it was really good it's almost like there's five movies that came out last year it's almost like i've only seen one of them more than that though again best live action short film nobody's seen any of these (laughs) (laughs) at least i haven't sorry just keeping it real uh like the worst foodies watching movies ever what like I haven't yeah. seen any of these movies, I but feel... they're but they're but not all of them are even in theaters technically, oh. you know. I mean, I know. I'm just saying so. I need to do better on my current films, I suppose. Okay, so best live action short film, Detainment, Fave, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. No I idea. Seen any of those? Great. Nope. Best animated short film, Animal Behavior, Bayo, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. We oh. did see Bayo. What? That was that little doe. The doe. Oh, the that was dunk. weird. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was before. Oh, that, I think was that was one of those sad things. That was that out. That was before that other movie that was also sad and... I felt lied to. I love dogs. Yeah. yeah. Dog movie. I love dogs. That uh, movie was not as advertised, I feel. Yep. Best Achievement in Film Editing. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. Green Book. The Favorite. And Vice. Best Achievement in Costume Design. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, that's the real name. Uh, The favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, Black Panther, Mary Queen of Scots. Mm. Best Achievement in Visual Effects, Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, Solo, A Star Wars Story. There are now four movies on the list you've seen, V. Do you feel better? Do you feel better? You saw Ready Player One, right? We watched that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a pretty cool one. Okay. Best achievement in... Did you have something to say? I don't want to roll over you. Okay, sorry. Okay. I'm good. <clears throat> Best Chilling. achievement in production design. Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. 
Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling, Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Best Achievement in Cinematography, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star is Born. Best Adapted Screenplay, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star is Born. Best Original Screenplay. First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, The Favorite, and Vice. Can I mention, I really want to see Vice. That's that Dick Cheney movie with, yeah, with uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, and uh, Can Sam Can I just Rockwell. say that I've been really loving the Christian Bale meme that's been going around? Which one? So it's been saying, like, it's like four different Christian Bales, and it's like, Tell, tell your you. lady that you look like Christian Bale, but don't tell her in which role. Yeah. And he's mm. like the one from The Machinist where he's super like skeletal and the Cheney one vice where he's like. I think one of them is Batman when he's Batman super buff. Batman when he's super buff. Mm. And then one, I don't know what movie he looks like a meth head in, but I'm sure there's several. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, Seems like that kind of dude. That kind of dude. Best. Method actor. Best documentary. Sort subject. Black Sheep. End Game. Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, period. End of sentence. Well, okay. Okay. Best documentary feature, Free Solo, Hill County This Morning, This Evening, Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap? Why do I feel like... That's on Netflix. What is that about, though? I have no idea. I don't know. But I remember when I was in London hearing, Mind the Gap, all the time Mm -hmm. when you take the tube. Hmm. So you don't trip. Of fathers and sons. And the one I'm most interested in seeing, RBG. Hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's funny. (laughs) Chief Justice Ginsburg in the house. Best original score. Black Panther. Black Klansman. If Beale Street Could Talk. Isle of Dogs. Mary Poppins Returns. (laughs) Isle of Dogs is on your list, too. You've seen it. Oh, boy. Uh, Best Original Song, All the Stars, Black Panther, I'll Fight, RBG, Shallow, A Star is Born. You know that one's going to win. The Actually, I think Black Panther is going to win because they're performing this, all the stars at the Oscars. That means that they're not going to win. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Cause Lady Ooh, talk Dra- about it. If they're, It's more than probable that they are not going to win, but the reason that they are getting to play their song is because they're not going to win and it was excellent and they want to like honor it or something just my just a thought but okay. i honestly think that the lady gaga song is going to win i think it's got more hype okay. I think it's got more buzz uh a place where lost things go mary poppins returns and when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings the ballad of buster scruggs yeah, I don't think that's mm. going to be winning. No idea. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> this next category yeah. is the one that I feel like I have most skin in the game because it's got the movies I want to see and some that I have seen. So, Best Animated Feature Film, Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Up next... Best foreign language film. Hold, please. Ralph Breaks the Internet and Incredibles 2, I don't think, are Oscar worthy. Animated, though. Feature films? They were good. 
I but I mean you got to think about what else. Oh, I was... didn't see Wreck It Ralph too. We didn't watch the second one. No, not yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, so I guess I, I shouldn't be talking about things that I don't. I shouldn't have an opinion about. Things we did that see I, I Love Dogs about. though. I did. I was very artsy. It's Wes Anderson, of course. You know. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna win. Spidey with the Runaway. Yeah, He's t- probably. They're taking every other award and every other yeah, you're award right, you're right, ceremony. You're right. So I think they're just gonna clean sweep at the Oscars too. It just mm-hmm. makes the most sense. Best foreign language film. Capernaum, Cold War, Never Look Away, Roma, Shoplifters. Apparently this Roma movie is pretty good. Hey? Yeah, it's in a lot of categories. It's got like watch seven it. or eight noms. That's what they all paid for. Yeah. Best for su- you to say that so you go watch it. <laughs> Best Supporting Actor. We watched that on uh, Adam Ruins the Hollywood uh yeah, yeah uh, on Adam Ruins that. Everything. I want to watch that. We'll watch it after. Yeah, I love that show. Sure. Well, Adam I can't watch it. You guys everything. can watch it, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> old we'll Rick ruining everything. Bex, best supporting actor, Mashashala Ali, Green Book, Adam Driver, Black Klansman, Sam Elliott, A Star Is Born, Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell, Vice. Best Supporting Actress, Amy Adams, Vice, Maria de Tavira, Roma, Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk, Emma Stone, The Favorite, Rachel Weisz, The Favorite. Interesting that two females from the same movie are nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Indeed. Best Actor, Christian Bale, Vice, Bradley Cooper, A Star Is Born. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Grace. Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. And Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. <clears throat> I feel like it's going to come down between uh, the guy from Bohemian Rhapsody and Bradley Cooper. I actually think that Christian Bale's going to win this one. I really do. He put on like 55 pounds to play that role. He abused his body. Has he ever won an Oscar before? Why, shit, I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if he has or not. Because I want to say he does that for every role. Mm. You right, you right. He's a method actor. Yeah. yeah. But those are the kind of... talking about that. <laughs> but those are the kind of guys that usually don't get enough love, and then, you know, eventually they got to win a big one. Uh, best Actress, Yalitza Aparacio Roma, Glenn Close, The Wife, Lady Gaga, a Star is Born. Olivia Coleman, the favorite. Melissa McCarthy, can you ever forgive me? Melissa McCarthy is nominated for an Oscar? Mm. Interesting. Mm. Best Director. There's some, some controversy with this Best Director. Let's talk about it in a second. Best Director, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Christian Bale has won before. Best <laughs> Performance by an a- Actor in a Supporting Role in 2011 for for the fighter or something. The fighter was the role where he looked all methed out. Oh. Because he was the druggy brother. I didn't see that movie. Mm. Oh, wait. No, I did. I didn't like that movie. Okay. Best director. Back to it. So, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Powell Pawlowski. Cold War. Yorgos Lamithamos. Lanthimosos. That's weird. The favorite, 
Alfonso Carano, Roma. Adam McKay, Vice. And now, for Best Picture, we're there to the final one. Your nominees Jeez, take for forever. Shh. Silence. Okay. Best Picture: Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. Okay. That snap was for me for timing. For it's you're fine. Okay, so that is the Oscar noms. Okay, great. <laughs> I wish that I would have seen more of them so I could have well, some we're gonna, better opinions. But you know what? I bet who does have some good opinions about it is AP. He's going to be locked in on this season mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these movies we have access to, I would love to watch them. We just need to sit down and lock them in. I agree. We have access we have to watching. We have a big list of things that we want to watch. Bohemian Rhapsody is one we can watch. Mm-hmm. We can watch Vice in the near imminent future. You said you wanted to watch Black Klansman. Yes, absolutely. Definitely on the list. We, You know what did not get nominated? Hmm. Horse Force. Oh, sorry to bother you. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. It did not get any noms at all, um, which some people were Sometimes shocked by. Sometimes those artsy pieces don't. Yeah. Also, I think that uh, Ryan Coogler not getting a nom for Best Director for Black Panther is a shock. Because oh. I thought he did a fantastic job directing that movie. But anyways. So there was some upsets in your yeah, opinion. Yeah, a little bit. There were some. Yeah, some we'll see. Oversights. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> ultimately, you know another movie that I wanted to watch. We started watching it. Uh, the Joan Jett documentary on Netflix. Mm. Is it on Netflix or Hulu? Hulu. Hulu called Bad Reputation, and we started it, and it's fabulous. And I'm super into it, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it's really, really good. I recommend it so far. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do we have to talk about beyond the list? I think that's about it. Really? We got through it all? Mm. Damn. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm just sitting here eating these uh, cheese and crackers and <laughs> sipping on my ginger ale. Oh, oh, well, shoot. Okay, well, I guess I'll get into the plugs then. As always, you guys can check out Foodies Watching Movies right here on Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com every other Wednesday opposite journey into wrestling you can check out the journey into comics network and get all the different shows on itunes podbean stitcher radio google play music Castbox, spotify and more just search journey into comics network where you'll get the journey into comics podcast poor 360 journey into wrestling this show foodies watching movies adulting ain't easy podcastrophe kids for sale crucial tunes the voice of survival podcast gallif radio bruise with dudes and Dungeons with Dudes. Also go to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us a dollar for early access and exclusive content. Or give us more dollars and you'll get cooler stuff. You'll see it there if you go there. Alright folks. I think that's going to do it girls. I think we mm-hmm. got it. Alright let's bring it home then for Foodies Watching Movies Season 3 Episode 10. I've been Nate. Sarah. I'm Veronica. And as always you know eat fearless. Later. Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb I got you, babe I got you, babe 
rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. It's cold out there every day. No, it's not. It's actually kind of warm today. Surprisingly warm today. 100 degree flip-flop in the past week. And who says global warming isn't real? Welcome to the Midwest. Welcome to Foodies Watching Movies, Season 3, Episode 10. I am your host, Nate. Today joining me back, as always, the co-creator of Foodies Watching Movies, Miss Veronica. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. And also back joining us, as always, this season, our other co-host, Miss Sarah. How's it going? Yo. What you up to? Eating this cookie. Yeah, what about that cookie? You want to talk about it? Dang delicious. (laughs) Can't (laughs) stop eating it. It's one of those sugar cookies, those fancy ones. Like the ones they make in those videos. Did you take a picture of it? I didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) V started eating it. She started eating it, and then I was like, I asked if I could have some. Well, you brought it to me, so yes, you can have a bite. I did bring it to you from my my little cafe I work at, and I will be happy to take more pictures and buy you some more cookies. Yeah. Once you break the surface of that like perfect icing God, on those kind of cookies it. those cookies it's just it's over mm. you have to eat it after that i'm just I'm staring at it and I, I was done for so no long answer i did not take a picture of it <laughs> i'm so sorry it went too fast well no, it's yeah, a beautiful heart-shaped cookie we're making them for yeah. valentine's day it had edible glitter and everything tiny little roses oh and polka dots you'll have to imagine it how cute. Audience. <laughs> I'll take a picture and post it on our Instagram when I go back to work. Good call. Oh, yeah. You'll see more. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to make, I th- she's making all different kinds for Valentine's Day. Well, there she you go. some beautiful ones. You can check out her cookies at the Cookie Bake Shop, I think it is, and Gold Star Cafe and Catering on Facebook. Cheap plug. Nice. Yeah, I yeah, love I it. Do what what I can. Hey, V, can you, I got to ask you a question. What, what was up with, what was up with that intro today? Oh, well, uh, nice segue. Uh, we watched Groundhog's Day, yo. one of our favorite movies. Ah, I was so excited. It's a movie that always seems to be on when I'm on vacation staying at a hotel somewhere. No matter yeah. where I'm at, Groundhog's Day is on. It's fucking weird. That is weird. Yeah, because this is a weird movie. That movie sticks to you. Yeah. And it just follows you. It's in there. It is on a lot. It used to be on a lot when I had TV a long time ago yeah it was always on like tbs or tnt or whatever these acronyms are and i always watched it every time you see <laughs> yeah. it's on you watch it it's a great like, movie oh which one is he on now which <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> which scrooge it's either scrooge or this one yeah i think that uh phil curry phil curry phil connor is an interesting character in groundhog's day because he and we talked about this as we were watching it. He evolves throughout the whole movie, and but there's does like, he really? but he does because he's like a different scumbag throughout. He changes scumbagedness. <laughs> Bill Murray's the ultimate scumbag with the heart of gold yeah. that you hate to love and root for, but you do anyway. Yeah, ultimate heel. Yeah, I love him in this movie. It's so funny, and he's so dry, and it's just like, mm-hmm. this is like what I would consider the apex of what Bill Murray is as an actor. His character of Bill Murray is Phil Connors. Yeah, because you feel <laughs> you feel like for yeah. him in certain spots and then you remember who he is and like 
scumbag. He's kind of an asshole, and you're like, oh, man, I can't Mm -hmm. feel that sorry for you, Phil Connors. Yeah, so we're assuming that everybody that's listening to this podcast has probably seen Groundhog's Day at some point in their lives, because it's a classic, and like we said, it's always on. If you're not, you're a fucking millennial. Go out and watch it. I mean, right? Oh, I don't know. If, If you have lived your life... And are listening yeah, you to our go out and watch listen. It. If you're right, listening to our podcast, to hold on. You, you're gonna follow me back. If you're listening to our podcast and you haven't seen Groundhog's Day, the only thing I can understand is that you're too young to have somehow seen it. But I still don't know how that's even possible. It's everywhere. Yeah, I feel like everybody's seen this movie, and if you haven't, please do because it's magnificent. It's an excellent Bill Murray movie. It's a, almost. A perfect Bill Murray movie. Yes, we're quite I'd the Bill it. Murray apologists, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Go, watch, yeah. spread the word. It's the gospel of Bill Murray. Yeah. There's a new Bill Murray thing on Netflix that I haven't watched. Oh, uh, Sarah, didn't you watch that? Did you watch it? The Bill Murray oh. thing? Oh, oh, that. That's like about, hmm, he's kind of like a legend. That's about all his legend stories. About, I want to um, see it. It looked hilarious. You know what? It's it so either. good. You know, hilarious, maybe, but like, it's just good. It's about him and like stuff that he does that's random. And I don't even want to spoil it. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. We just need to watch it. That's on the list. Okay, that'll be. I put forgot on the about list. it. You just made the list. What if was I it remember called? Right. It, I don't even remember what it was called. I watched it either right after I had my tooth pulled or something else i was like by myself were you and sick was that when you sick were sick or something it might have been i think i might have been sick it's a rough winter yeah but i just thought i'm just gonna watch this because bill murray yeah i need to i forgot what it was called it's called the Bur- bill murray stories life lessons learned from a mythical man yeah They're on netflix yeah i'm gonna check it out that's gonna be my uh homework it's on the list there's other things on on the list right now too we have a Nate ton of things on the list. list yeah do we want to keep talking a little bit more about groundhog's day because yeah, there's a thing we'll get that, back to the list there's a thing that you have that you looked up sarah do we want to talk about that now this crazy theory or couple theories because i got a, a little well thing. for the people that have not seen groundhog day or groundhog's day is it, it's plural yes groundhog's day some some people say it different I don't yeah, know. it's Groundhog Midwest, Day. whatever. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh-huh. um, do do you want to give like a brief, very brief synopsis of this movie because it can be summed up fairly quickly? Oh, wait a minute, I'm looking at it. It is Groundhog Day. See, okay, it, yeah. there's no S. It is Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Quick synopsis. So, uh, Phil Connor is a reporter. He goes to. Puxatani to go to Groundhog's Day to celebrate with the Their annual Groundhog Day festival. Yeah, with Puxatani Phil going to see a shadow or not, and he lives his first day, goes to bed and wakes up the next morning to live the exact same day over again. It's the OG edge of tomorrow. It literally he just keeps reliving the same day over and over and over. 
he kind of starts to take advantage of this. He starts to learn the world as how it's working around him and work it to his advantage. Learning things a previous day, knowing he can carry it into the next day and, and take advantage of people in certain ways or stealing money or other things of that nature. And mm-hmm. ultimately it wraps back around to him finding the goodness in people and trying to do good for people with this power and knowledge. And uh, he breaks the spell. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't totally spoil it at the end there. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. But, well, I guess if I read this thing, it's gonna spoil it. But it's an old movie. It's an so, old movie. Let's just say right now yeah. that we are going to have a spoiler warning. And if you have not yet seen Groundhog's Day, maybe uh, apparently Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. <laughs> well, you know, I think what it is is Groundhog Day for this movie. But like here in the Midwest, we say Groundhog's Day. Right. Like I think that might be a regional thing. I, that's I why know. I said Midwest. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I think uh, it might be. By regional. the way, this movie Whatever. came out in '93, right? '93. Yeah, this movie came out in '93. Means it's going to be on our '90s bracket. Just keeping it real, as it should be. It definitely is going to make that list. It's Watching on, it's this movie there. made me really miss Harold Ramis, though. Oh man, mm-hmm. for real. He has he's a cameo a role as the doctor. Yeah, and he's also the director. And the director and writer of this movie. Yeah. We were going to talk about that a little bit later, too, with the whole uh, Ghostbusters teaser that came out. Absolutely. We'll get mm-hmm. to there. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah, and, and actually, I just realized another thing we can Bill Murray talk about. Hashtag Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, shit, yeah. He's returning We posted on that. Foodies last week that when the little poster dropped. Yeah. They the, did the, the new year. Zombieland movie is coming out in uh, October. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take Why? place like 10 years in the future, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be hysterical if mm. uh, Bill Murray's character was his Groundhog's Day character and he kept living his last day as a zombie over he's and over again? He's supposed to be making a cameo in the movie, right? Yeah, he's back. That's what I read. Yeah, I think Dan Aykroyd as well. Maybe he back as, as well. a zombie, a real zombie. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Maybe he's like their pet or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like Michonne's <laughs> pets. Yeah, what the hell were we talking about? Groundhog Day? Correct. And Sarah has a theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was nuts. This totally changed the way yeah. I thought about <laughs> this movie while I was watching it. Because I was like, why don't you just tell me this theory, you know, on the podcast when we're talking about it later? And she's like, I don't know. I you've seen this movie a million times. I kind of want you to just watch it through this lens and see what you think and i kind of am glad that i did yeah it's weird that's right that's why we did the whole spoilers alert thing yeah i'm hoping that it's not gonna be i don't know i didn't read you the actual <laughs> whole long article here no you that gave I me found. a summary and i was like totally intrigued by it and it holds yeah. up i'm just gonna say now I, I, it's interesting it's quite interesting it is after what Nate told me he found about the original, what what was it now? The original oh, screenplay or the original, oh, the original ending. Ending, yeah. Well, uh, which I don't think we should talk about that till the after we talk about. Sure, yeah, things. yeah, for yeah, real, yeah. for real. But because that kind of puts a like, oh, on this sort of like the, the fan theory thing, you mm-hmm. know, like you want to have an, an air of mystery still, mm-hmm. I guess, about, I don't know. Anyways. So this is called, let's see, this is from one year ago. It's from a website called Shortlist. I don't know what that is, but it says this Groundhog Day fan theory might change how you see the film forever. Uh-oh. It, kinda oh. didn't. it wants to be clickbait. But uh, I'm going to read this now. Let me see. Okay. 
Here's what you probably know about Groundhog Day. It's a seminal early 90s comedy. It stars Bill Murray as grouchy Pittsburgh weatherman Phil Connors, reluctantly sent to cover a yearly groundhog tradition in the small town of Punxsutawney, where he finds himself doomed to repeat the same day over and over and over again. Wacky hilarity ensues, a dabble of romance, more hilarity, and like Scrooge to the sequel, we discover that his character is so cantankerous that the only way he's able to see how poorly he treats others is when he's entrenched in a supernatural state. It's uplifting, melancholic, clever, and brilliant. There's your synopsis. Uh, (laughs) Well, here comes something you probably didn't know, and it could just alter your take on this classic film forever. To begin with, it's important to assess the events that transpired toward the end of Phil's first day. Unable to get back to Pittsburgh when a massive blizzard even even the city's sharpest weatherman couldn't foresee, punctuation, brings traffic to a snowy standstill, Phil... Chattering and dressed in a little more than a shirt, stands on a highway remonstrating with a state official who informs him it's a no-go. Later back in town, we see Phil drowning his sorrows at the bar, joined briefly by his co-workers, who naturally he dismisses. Afterwards, he finishes his pitiful night off with an excruciatingly cold shower. We know he's in discomfort from the close-up of him scrambling for the taps. And another shot from outside the curtain. <laughs> I've tried not to laugh. Showing him fumbling madly inside. The camera then cuts to him wandering down the corridor in chilly distress. Cut to the next scene. Black tiles whirl from 5.59 a.m. to 6 a.m. Sonny and Cher's I Got You Babe blares out the alarm's tinny speakers and we're left to assume it's a direct repeat of the previous day with our man clueless that he's stuck in limbo. The trouble is, Phil's dead. Well, at any rate, he's dying never to return to mortality and scold another colleague again. We didn't get to see him get into bed. We didn't get to see him setting that iconic alarm, just wandering the corridors of that quaint bed and breakfast, grumbling erratically about his cold shower. More erratically than usual, that's because our man slipped backwards after his panicked jump out of the tub, cracked his head, and got a concussion. A concussion which, a concussion which, that's hard to say, (laughs) coupled with the booze in his system and a possible bout of hypothermia brought about thanks to his highway stunt and that icy shower, it eventually kills him. Shit. (laughs) Shit got real. They say that when someone dies, the brain keeps going and cells continue to activate while the rest of the body does not. Well, this is exactly that, as Phil's own mind condenses what it feels like is a thousand years of activity in, little mo- in a little more than a few seconds. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> Why else do you think he spends a near eternity meeting and greeting the same odd little characters encountered in the past 24 hours? And so there he lies, skull bashed in, possibly on the floor of his room, his brain replaying all of the day's previous events. From our point of view... Phil's time spent in limbo is 80 to 85 minutes running time, give or take. From his own, it's 10,000 years, that being the amount of time director Harold Ramis said he believed the character was trapped in the ceaseless time loop for. But what if this whole time Ramis knew that this was all in Phil's mind, that a mishmash of electronic signals rushing through his cortex would all but feel like a thousand years of emotions but pass in the blink of an eye? But wait, it gets darker still, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Holy shit. (laughs) You look so pleased. (laughs) Ah, Fan theories. One of the most memorable scenes in the film, you may recall, involves Phil bumping into an old acquaintance on his walk into town that first Groundhog morning. Groundhog Day morning. That man is Ned Ryerson. You know, Ned Ryerson. Needle Needle Nose Nose Ned. Ned the Head. Case Western High alumnus. 
who did this whistling belly button trick at the talent show. Got the shingles real bad senior year. Almost didn't graduate. <laughs> Bing. That's him. Bing. Bing. Played by Bing. character actor Stephen. Wait, how do you say his name? Tobolowski. I guess. Toblowski, maybe? Toblowski. This excitable stranger wastes no time in trying to convince Phil that the pair know each other from their younger days, even going so far as to pull out the sibling card, claiming he once dated Phil's sister, Mary Pat. Still visibly unsure who this babbling man is, Phil, in his own dry manner, feigns recognition in a bid to get rid of him, hurriedly pacing alongside his old pal, Ned, who it turns out is is in the life insurance game, Goes straight into the cell, beating on Phil's chest with fraught endeavor and laying it on thicker than a groundhog hide. Oh, really? Honey. <laughs> do you have life insurance, Phil? Because if you do, you could always le- use a little more, right? I mean, who couldn't? But you want to know something? I got the feeling you ain't got any. Am I right or am I right? Or am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? You know, I got friends who live or die by the actual tables and they say, hey, it's one big crapshoot anyway. Tell me, have you ever heard of single premium life? Because I think that really could be the ticket for you. Single premium life. Figured it out yet? At this point, you may be thinking that Ned's actually a con man, fully aware this TV personality would be making his seventh trip for Groundhog Day, and that by doing his homework to fake a backstory about long-ago kinship, he might be able to scam poor Phil out of his savings. Only it's worse than that. Ned Ryerson is the devil. Those eyes, the gazed, crazed expression. It's so obvious something was off about this loner. Tobolowski wasn't just playing, I hope that's how you say his name, wasn't just playing an oddball. He was playing Satan himself, the Prince of Darkness, the Fallen One, attempting to collect Phil's soul before his brain fully shuts off and he transcends into the afterlife. Think about it. From the freak, unprecedented snow s- snowstorm to the cold shower to the van not starting, everything seemed to go wrong following the first meeting with Ned. Even the groundhog predicting six more weeks of winter, the rotter. Phil's fateful mistake was rushing away from life insurance salesman and right into that large puddle, eliciting Ned's famous response, watch out for that first step. It's, it's a doozy. Geez. And what about that very line itself? Watch out for that first step. Cackling away from the safety of the pavement, Ned was in, uh, was Ned impish, impishly forewarning another wet tumble Phil would have when jumping out of the tub in his shivering state that evening. <gasps> nobody uh, Note that nobody else notices this back and forth. Ned isn't even on the radar for passersby because he simply doesn't exist, visible only to Phil. Besides, does it not strike you as odd that Phil wouldn't recognize him, a man he seemingly spent such a close proximity with during his youth? Surely he's uh, highly sardonic and doesn't suffer fools gladly, but he's also sharp as a tack and yet at a loss, not a flicker of acknowledgement in his mind. Caught up in this punxatawney purgatory, it's not long before our man eventually tries to end it all by topping himself, electrification in the bath with a toaster, driving a car off a cliff with a groundhog for company, further proof this wasn't the groundhog's doing, but all to no avail because, again, it's all in his head. But what about that happy ending? You're probably wondering when one in one exhausting day he does it all, stopping a man from choking on his food with the Heimlich maneuver, a boy getting injured from falling from a tree, fixing a tire for a couple of nice old ladies, buying WrestleMania tickets for a young pair of newlyweds, uh, playing the piano at the big dance, and of course winning the heart of his long-standing love interest and producer Rita, Andy McDowell. Uh... What may have slipped your mind about this final evening among all these feel-good plot points is the other person Phil has done a good deed for. 
As he and Rita look to escape the festivities for some alone time, the pair bump into an old friend of Phil's. Yep, good old Ned Ryerson, passing, passing by a side entrance and only too keen to tell Rita f what Phil bought from him earlier that day. It turns out he bought the entire caboodle, whole life term, uniflex, fire, theft, auto, dental, and wait for it, with the optional death and dismemberment plan. Mm. He signed on the dotted line. Phil didn't need hell to freeze over, it already was. And if you're wondering why Rita is able to see Ned, noticeably on his lonesome again, she's a figment of Phil's imagination at this point, so it wouldn't even matter. So now Phil signed his soul away to this bespeckled cross between Freddy Krueger and the Grim Reaper. He finally gets his tomorrow. Of sorts. Why do you think you don't see another person in sight as the pair walk out into the snow-white, Capra-like setting, just a car in the distance? As his brain reaches its shut-off point and the cells lessen and memory finishes, Ned has trapped him in another loop, one which is well, in one in which life is simpler with fewer people, less interaction, more snow. Eventually it will just be Phil on his own, unconsciously living in a false reality. So there you have it. You're Neo and we're Mor Morpheus, pills in hand, pulling the plug on this sham world so you can sit up and see it for yourself. We're not expecting you to go with everything laid out here, but at the very least hoping you open your mind to the possibility that there was something far darker to this modern fable. After all, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that Ned Ryerson was a secondary character. <laughs> there you have it. That was uh, Dark as an incredible fuck. fan theory that, was interesting. that I read <laughs> that Very really dark. towed the line, yeah, you guys. It tried really hard. <laughs> I know. It really went for it. I thought it was interesting the part where you were talking about how he was saying that um like Bill Murray's character did the exact same thing to that Nancy character where he created a a fake personality and like spent several days getting to know her and then like wooed her just to bed her, you know, mm -hmm. like asked her personal questions and like you took advantage of the situation just so he could like nail some stranger. Mm -hmm. And she had no idea. Like she just went along with it. She's like, oh, okay. So it's believable that Ned could be pull, like... Pull one over on him the same. I was thinking yeah, the exact he same thing. He did the thing. exact same thing to that Nancy chick. So he had it coming, I guess. Right. I don't know. Start. I could poke some holes in that theory, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. You said that it's like a Nightmare on Elm Street or Freddy Krueger or whatever, and I just kept thinking, "Welcome to Puxatawney, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> Instead of "Welcome <laughs> to Purgatory," <laughs> you know. Yeah, it just put it really like just the basic points of that was what was an interesting kind of little theory. Yeah. yeah when I gave I you like the overview earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that totally changed the way I watched the movie. It was really interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, I liked that that theory. I also really like the idea that it really did end happily. I think you should talk about the original ending I idea. Yeah, so... That they thankfully <clears throat> decided not to go with, in my opinion. The OG script was found. They were going through it or whatever. And there were scenes in there featuring Phil's ex-girlfriend who does something. I They didn't really say what. But essentially, it's her fault that Phil is stuck in Groundhog Day. And he's there for 10,000 years. Allegedly. Like she cursed him she to stay in this him. limbo for 10,000 yes. years. Yeah. And that's how they were going to end up the movie. Mm. Well, maybe they wouldn't have ended it, but it would have maybe clued the viewer in to what was happening more. So it wasn't so mysterious. 
I like that they left it mysterious. Correct. I said that earlier that it just makes it, it makes it what it is. That's what what makes it art. If they would have done that, it would have been cheap and stupid. It doesn't have to be all witchy. Well, it doesn't have to be stupid. It can <laughs> just be what it is and not have to answer those questions. Like, why did that happen to him? What's causing that? Is Like, you know. You had made a good point that if they would have went with that original ending, he would have walked out of that as a god. Yeah, like if mm-hmm. they would have said the whole thing about 10,000, like him living 10,000 years of that same day in the human experience, he would come out of it like totally enlightened and like he could spend 10,000 years learning everything and just become like a god if he wanted to. Yeah, because he could just like it. he doesn't have to stay in Puxatani. That's actually an interesting question. Could he have found a different way out of Puxatani? Cuz I mean technically speaking, he's trapped there because of the road being blocked off, but is there an alternate version where he gets out and then what happens then? Or is or do you think he can only ultimately learn everything he can in Puxatani cuz then at that point I think they took the whole 10,000 years thing out so that way it's ambiguous. You don't know how many days he's actually been there, how many months or years or whatever. He might be there for that long too. You don't yeah, exactly. You have no idea as a viewer, but they the character was only developed to that point in the movie, you know, like the character was only going to be de- as developed as it is at the end of the movie. So it's safe to say, in my opinion, that it wasn't really 10,000 years. And that's why they didn't say that. Like, mm. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. I want to know more about this TV that you saw at the beginning that you said something shifted. Oh, yeah. So we were watching the beginning of the movie. Uh, they were just finishing up their weather report at the studio and getting ready to go to Puxatoni or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like it, the camera angle backed up away from the studio and then like zoomed into this little TV th- that was playing what was going to be the opening credits, you know, like the, c- mm. the skyline helicopter shot of the city. Just a clever transition, it yeah, seems. Yeah, it's just a clever transition. But I was like thinking like hmm it's like we got sucked into the tv and this is just this version of what's happening like in this weird tv world yeah i have so many different ways i think about this movie it's like something's right there you know i definitely didn't think about the death the dead thing before today though I've heard the purgatory theory before, but I've never heard it to that point. Yeah, that was pretty intense. I never (laughs) heard (laughs) the whole he died and slipped in the shower. I know, right? What I had heard was like this was his experience in this weird limbo, kind of like purgatory. Like it was never, you know, gruesomely explained to me like that before. It it makes sense. I mean, they were looking for validation in the narrative, you know, in what happened uh, actually in the film, but like. It makes sense because Bill Murray's character is the only point of view. Everybody else resets. Everybody is in his snow globe. Right. But when did he enter the snow globe? Maybe at the TV? That's when I thought it happened the TV when they left the studio. What about like, you know, 
when he's out there talking to that copy, you know, and he gives him a choice. Is that a turn left moment right there? You know, is that like, you know, he's like, you know, you could either go through the snow. I think it was already in motion before that. So I've got yeah. another. Was, he was never going to do it because he was not wearing a coat. He was like, oh, well, I can't do that. It's not my choice because I'm going to freeze to death if I walk. Yeah. You know? So uh, I found an interesting theory that I want to talk about. And I didn't know this is real, so this is very real right now. Among the first groups to embrace the message of Groundhog Day were Buddhists, who were moved by its story of rebirth. As a part of a talk at New York City's Hudson Union Society in 2009, director Harold Ramis spoke about the many people who had been moved by the film, including his Zen Buddhist mother-in-law. She isn't alone. In an essay entitled Groundhog Day the Movie, Buddhism and Me, Spiritual Cinema Circle <laughs> co-founder... That's a sentence I never thought you'd say. Yeah, Whoa. right? Whoa. Uh, Spiritual Cinema Circle co-founder Stephen Simon calls the film a wonderful human comedy about being given the rare opportunity uh, to live several lifetimes all in the same day. Of course, that's not how the film was marketed, but for our purposes... I believe that concept is at the soul of the story. In an interview Word. in an interview with the New York Times, Dr. Angela Zito, co-director of NYU's Center for Religion and Media, noted that the film illustrated uh, illustrates the Buddhist idea of samsara or continuing rebirth. In Mayana, I'm probably butchering that. Buddhism, nobody ever imagines they are going to escape samsara. Until everybody else does. That's why you have bodhisattvas who reach the brink of nirvana and stop and come back and save the rest of us. Bill Murray is the bodhisattva. He is not going to abandon the world. On the contrary, he is releasing, or he is released back into the world to save it. Interesting. Hmm. That's a weird, interesting theory. But I didn't know there was an essay written called... Groundhog Day the movie, Buddhism and Me. That's so funny. I How mean, it silly. makes sense. Totally makes some, sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And Groundhog's Day the movie, foodies and me. <laughs> so I want to know, what would you do if that happened to you? If you had a Groundhog Day experience, what would you do? Whoa. Both of you. Hmm. Not, you know, I... Uh, I think that if you didn't know that it was going to end either. Oh man. Ah. So, I think that initially if I like the first day would be a trip, like is this real? Am I like did somebody poison me? What is happening, you know? And I would just be like kind of taking it all in. Once it was another repeat again and I was like very lucid and aware that I am in the same reality day again, just be like being recycled. I think I would start searching for answers more than anything. I don't think I would just like fuck with the world. Like sure. Bill Murray kind of fucked with the world, but he didn't go like, who's doing this? Why is this happening? Where is this coming from? How can I stop it? Those are questions I would have to figure out. But you wouldn't be able to. Uh, you you would have to fucking try. How? What I, would you even do? Well, I think I I do think killing yourself is actually a viable solution in that regard because. But in the movie, that didn't uh, work. He you're, woke up. You're, but in my mind, the first thought would be like, well, maybe this is just a really terrifying dream, and if I die, I can just 
it'll just reset. Right. But it doesn't, of course, as you said. So then you'd go, okay, well, then what's like... Right, so, so you go through the whole thing that he went through, the whole acceptance, moving on. What do you do with that time once you have accepted your your fate? Master everything I can. Like, learn every skill I can. Learn sewing. Until you learned, like, an important lesson, and then all of a sudden, the next day, it's tomorrow. Yeah, but that's so random, too, because what's the lesson? Who knows? Right. Like, this lesson is ambiguous in and of itself in the movie. So, for, I don't know, it's 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 very bizarre. What That's, would you do with your time, Sarah, once you've accepted your fate? Mm. And you didn't know when it was going to end. Well, it would depend on where I was and what day it was, I suppose. Like, uh, I mean, it would be very different if you found yourself in that situation in, like, L.A., you know, or mm-hmm. something like that. You know, okay, okay. You would have a very different experience than Punxsutawney. Well, earlier, before we start, when we first started watching this, we were talking about why did this happen to him on this particular day? Why this holiday? Why mm-hmm. this situation? Like, w- what was the universe trying to get him to learn on that day that it happened? And that day was an important day for him. It was mm-hmm. a big day. He was doing a report that network executives were allegedly going to see so he could try to quit his shitty job and move on up to a bigger, higher-paying job at a network. Mm-hmm. And so a lot was riding on his performance. And he, I guess the universe just decided that that day he'd just been a prick one too many times and it was going to teach him his lesson. Yeah. And the lesson was, you know, for him to grow and be a better person, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Power of love. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but so maybe if you were in a situation where you had something important coming up and it was the day of and you had to perform and then it was going to possibly lead you to something bigger and better. Hmm. But something happened where you woke up the next day when it was over and it was still that day. And you had to live that day. And Like, what would you do with that time? Would you just decide to... Like, what would you do once you've accepted that that was, was what was happening? Do, do you need a second mm. to think on that? I, I guess so. Oh, I just... While you we were talking, I had a thing I wanted to say about why on Groundhog's Day. And I had a little weird theory that I wanted to just around there of... It is interesting to note that the Groundhog... Puxatani Phil lives the same day, and Phil, Phil, they share the same name. Puxatani Phil lives essentially the same one important day of his life over and over and over and over again on a loop. Mm-hmm. He's there, he does his thing, he sees yeah, the shadow, often he does do you ever it. see a groundhog? You don't, right? So it's, it's like day. maybe the universe is saying to Phil, like, appreciate the finer things in life, appreciate Puxatani and, and the wonders of seeing this one day because you only do see it once a year it is kind of a special thing you know that, that that's all i had on that anyways fair enough fair enough sir mm. well i mean i guess i would just continue to just do what i do anyways <laughs> you know like you just i would just go back to default and be like well i'm gonna get really good at whatever's in front of me whatever's available to me that's around mm-hmm. you know uh, which would probably be something musical, you know, something artistic, whatever. Throw yourself into the piano. Yeah, and then, like, I guess 
continue to mess with the environment and constantly look for patterns. That's what I would do. Because I think that patterns are like key to lots of lots of solutions. Yeah, it's like a big video game, big puzzle yeah. with yeah. all the NPCs. Choose your own adventure. It, if you look for the if you look for the patterns, then likely you'll see the thing that whatever is happening around you is trying to tell you. Right. You know. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I th- and I think oh. maybe that that's a, a good thing to play off of because. The first three days in a row, he doesn't learn the puddle lesson. Right. He, right. he three times in a row steps in that fucking puddle. Let me tell you, if I've stepped in the puddle once, I know it's there. I don't care what day well, it is. Well, he was so freaked out. You're right. He wasn't thinking mm-hmm. about it. No, you're it. right. But I mean, by this day, is an excellent lesson in being aware of your surroundings and how important that is. Being yes. aware of what you're doing, being in the moment, in the present. Not thinking about the past, not thinking about worrying about the future, but just living your life aware of what's going on. So you don't step in a giant fucking puddle. <laughs> Great yeah. allegory. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Groundhog's Day, that Groundhog Day, whatever you want to call it. We'll have the semantics police Aren't decide. you going to answer the question? Oh, shit. Uh, oh, good save, Sarah. I was about to say it and you beat me to it. Nice. Oh. Hmm. Well, I think once I got to a point of acceptance, which I feel like would take a really long time, I would either go crazy or I would, like you said, throw myself into things that I'm passionate about and I would want to learn as many things as I possibly could. And I would be super grateful that I was magically allotted all the time in the fucking world to do it. And I'd become a master. Motherfucking master. Fucking lord. Queen. Fucking queen. No, I would just be super fucking educated and, you know, I'd be able to better my life when it decided to move on. That's what I would do. You know, (laughs) another great allegory of stepping into a giant fucking puddle would be what you guys thought of this other movie we watched this week. (laughs) It's like... Stepping in a giant puddle. It was a yeah. Segway. It was more like sitting in it for two and a half hours or however long it was. I was so mad that and then that you're, was such a long movie. And then only like your your socks and your butt are wet. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to walk around like that all day. Soggy. That's how yeah. I feel after watching Aquaman. Soggy. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Hashtag soggy. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Aquaman, guys. That was pretty fucking wretched in my opinion. What happened? What happened, DC? I want to know what everybody liked about it. Yeah, Nate, you said that this movie got excellent reviews. We were stoked to watch it. The trailer looked dope. This was another one of those things where the critics shit on it. The fans gave it raving reviews. Weird. Well, I'm going to shit on it. It was not very good. We must be the critics. It did really, really, really well. (laughs) adjust my glasses. We are foodies watching movies. It did really, really, really well at the box office. Like the highest... A money-making movie of DC in all time for them, I guess. Like, it beat the Dark Knight out, finally. Well, I understand. They had such an excellent marketing campaign. Their advertising for this movie was really good. Like, Their star's Jason a Momoa good dude. was... I think he did the best he could for what was given to him. Like, mm-hmm. he barely had any lines, but they were I've all seen him in other so. things, and he can act. He's not just, like, a big hunk of man, you know? Like... <laughs> He's 
fucking wonderful in my opinion yeah i love him and i think that he's hilarious and he's super funny and can act really well and this movie fucking sucked just like <laughs> a giant bat I dig it like they just totally it could have been so much better i've it already ran better i've already ranted about this on jic so it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get too deep into it but this movie better. was false advertisement <laughs> through and through yeah sarah's like i feel lied to i did i felt lied to I, <laughs> center the mic please you're very quiet oh it's okay. I'm just trying to make sure you're you're heard on the mic on the microphone. Uh, uh, so, this movie was very much false advertisement. They gave us like a five minute clip of all this action. Like this movie's gonna be fucking radical. Mm-hmm. And sure, there were lots of fights, but they were not the greatest. There was too many fights. The None over of them fucking uh, made sense or even needed to happen. Too much CGI. And Patrick I get it. You're Wilson. underwater. Ugh, what happened? I. I used to really like him as an actor. I used to, I like all of the movies that I've seen him in, except this one. Yeah. Mm. Dolph Lundgren was Jeez, in this movie man. and just like, ah. Uh, no, you know, this was one of those movies where I was really hopeful throughout that at some point it was going to catch me and I was going to go, oh, I fucking get it. This movie's genius. Like, oh, I love it. I'm sold. It never did. It, it didn't hook like, me. It was so awful. And I was trying really hard to be on board, like the first big fight scene with Nicole Kidman at the beginning, and she's just kicking all kinds of ass. Mm. I was like, God damn, I want this to be good. I want to like this so bad, but it's The cinematography there was nice, actually. Like The shot yeah, was cool. But everything else blew. It was not. It didn't do it for me. It didn't do it for mm. me. It was not for us. Let's just say that. It was for 13, 14-year-old boys. Yeah, it was like it was not for thirty-one-year-old Veronica. A nineties mm-hmm. action movie. It was very, you know? very old school. It was Power Rangers. Was oh, that's the best perfect. analogy. That's it. It, it was, was Power, Power Rangers, Rangers twenty nineteen with a budget and still shitty green screen. What was that Sahara Desert horse shit? <laughs> I think it was because it was a, th- a movie that was in three D. We did not watch this movie in three D. So, Maybe. I mean, it should not affect the 2D viewing experience. I remember you seeing know? a lot of a lot of 3D movies that when you watch them not in 3D, they look terrible. Yeah, that's weird. It's just it's like just, a thing. Like I don't they, know. They shoot it in 3D and then they just convert it. It just looks shitty. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't pick on it if it was better. It was one liners, one liners everywhere. It could have like, been so good. I think that it would have been excellent as an animated feature. If they yeah. would have kept all the same, the, the whole shebang bang all the Make people. Done by like Teen Titans Go people, yeah, then it would have been perfect. But it, they just made them all voice actors instead. Or maybe, yeah, it, that's, that's just how I felt about it. I just was like resolved about... Like a quarter of the way through the movie, like, yep, this is what we're doing because it was just one more predictable thing. They used it's like they took, they they read a a, a screenwriting one hundred and one, you yeah. know, Comic and book they movie adaptation class one hundred and one. Right, here's what you do. Oh, great, let's just do that. I didn't understand why that had to be that way, and I mean, it's for somebody. Clearly, lots of people liked it. Not I. I mean. Also, how can Black Manta get so fucked up and not die? 
They really tried to force you to like care about people. Oh, there was that's just, what bad. Was, this movie was so disjointed. There were so many subplots that nobody ca- that we didn't care about. Like it couldn't it, sink its claws in. No, it didn't gel together. It just was a clunky pile of shit movie mm. with occasional funny one-liners from the star of the movie. Yeah, it feels painful to say. I don't yeah. like giving a scathing review like I that. I don't either. I don't like being a downer. I don't mm. like not liking things, but I didn't like this movie. It's weird because I was really looking forward to this movie. I was highly anticipating this mm-hmm. movie. I was yeah, bugging you guys to watch this movie. loved it. Ollie was going nuts about it. He's like, oh, it was awesome, Mommy. And I could see a five-year-old thinking that this movie was awesome. Mm-hmm. Lots of explosions, lots of action, yeah. not a lot of mm-hmm. substance. Like talking to fish. One minute they're underwater in Atlantis. The one, the next minute they're in the fucking desert. And it's Indiana Jones in there the somewhere. Like, what is going? What on? was that techno Africa thing? It's too? so all over the place. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Who cares? You know what else kind of sucks? These uh, townhouse crackers. Every single one of the crackers I'm about to eat is like broken. In this the sleep. whole damn box. Ninja chopped in half. The townhouse crackers. We the sleeve it, they looked good. beautiful in the sleeves. You they did not look broken at all. And then you as you open the sleeves, they would just gently crumble apart. Correct. All, I just grabbed every, one and it just crumbled. You think you'd have one that was a perfect? Oh, I got one. No, nope, but it would fall apart in your hands. And uh, luckily for bummer. us, we bought uh, the classic American food, easy cheese. Yeah, man, we've been on a kick and, with it uh, lately. You can just weld that shit together. <laughs> and I will say it, it doesn't taste the same. As mm-hmm. it did in the 90s when no, I would buy this same. regularly. The texture's not the same. This is like the first time since the 90s that we've been buying this, sh- or at least I've been, I've been eating this shit. Yeah, we don't eat it all the time. But I'm eating the sharp cheddar easy cheese, and it's legit. Mm. I like it. Usually I would get the American. That was always my jam, but they it kind of tastes different. It doesn't taste as good as I remember, so we've switched to the sharp cheddar. Switching it up. And that, like anybody cares. Sorry. Easy cheese leads us interestingly into uh hot ones because today nate and i watched with my dad an episode if, of hot ones so, have we talked about hot ones on here before yeah we've mentioned we it before so a little bit sauce yeah oh yeah that first sauce they the hot sauce they put out i see well uh which one did you watch weird al <sighs> i didn't know that we that. well my dad was over here so <laughs> we watched I weird al it. And uh, he took very tiny bites of the of the wings, but uh, not impressed. But I was not impressed, but that's besides the point. Pussy. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Halfway <laughs> through, he starts asking a question about some recipe. I forget what he even calls it, but basically, Weird Al gives this recipe out for uh, I, what, what was it called? What do like you call it? A Twinkie Dingle Dong or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But he took a Twinkie and. Cut it lengthwise, like as if it was a hot dog bun. Then puts the hot dog in the Twinkie, and then puts takes it on the top with the easy cheese instead. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah, and then didn't he like microwave it or something, or like bake it? I don't remember what it was. That is the most asinine (laughs) stoner concoction. It's a recipe from Weird Al. I'm pulling it up. Makes sense. I want to know what it's actually called. (laughs) That's what we're working with here, you guys. Sounds awful. What did you call it? A Twinkie Dinger Dingle Dog? What was that? What did you say? I said a Twinkie Dingle Dong. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, 
Um, yeah. I'm bummed about these crackers, but that's okay. Easy cheese. Who the hell came up with that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm just going to eat it. I know. It's hard to, it's hard to think about. I'll for it at some point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a problem for later. It can't be any worse than Velveeta, let's be honest. Man, and I love cooking with Velveeta. Like, that's the ew, American my staple. My mom likes to make sandwiches with Velveeta, and I don't like that at oh, all. Oh, that's, an, that's a, a generational thing. That's an old school thing. Yeah, yep. that's not... I don't like I the like. slice of Velveeta cheese I on my sandwich, that. all cold and oh like God, I hate it. chewy, no. <laughs> like no. waxy. No, that's an, no, no, no. You guys, I like to use it in my yeah. mac and cheese base. It's different it's when creamy. it's melted. It's, it's very good melted. It's called a Twinkie Wiener. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Even worse. Oh, thanks, Weird Al. <laughs> and it's actually on all recipe. All oh. recipe has it, and it has a three point five. Rating. I bet it does. Uh, it it features yeah, easy cheese, a Twinkie, and a hot dog. That sounds like you would like it because <laughs> no. it would be like a corn oh dog. Oh my god, he's no. already thinking about it. Do you deep fry it? it? No, you just eat it straight up gross. No, no, cool. you deep fry it, and then you have a deep fried corn dog, Twinkie dog. You have a drink, deep fried Twinkie just dog. Caramelize it all on the outside. Yeah. That's weird. Deep fried hot dogs are good. I think they're called rippers. Because <laughs> like the casing starts to That's rip. even worse than the name Slider, which I cannot stand. <laughs> it's an East Coast thing. Slide no. So, when White Castles adopted Slider as their like home thing, they're like, oh yeah, thing. they should totally call. You them don't sliders. understand why people said that about your restaurant, right? They slide. Like, it's horrific. Right through, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> By the way, speaking about sliders. <laughs> oh Jesus. Uh, interesting segue, I guess. I have been really digging the the chicken sliders from Arby's. They have these sliders, (laughs) like you can get all these different kinds for like a dollar fifty, and the chicken ones are amazing. They're like super fresh and covered in Swiss cheese and like a little bit of ranch or something. Mm. Delicious. Yeah, I haven't had that yet. Yeah, dollar fifty, and they served on these like little dinner rolls that are super soft and delicious. Recommended. I, I had something delicious today. I think oh, it's yeah. going to offend you, though. Oh, yeah. You said you had a burrito today. Oh, yeah. We went to this place, El Jefe, the boss, man. Is it new? It's been there for uh, about two years, years oh, I think. Maybe a long, maybe But, like, it has, it's kind of like a drive through and I always thought, like, maybe it had moderately okay reviews or something, but I never gave it a chance. One day, we were leaving your house, and it was, like, still open. They're like, oh, we'll get a couple dollar tacos and try them, fuck them, whatever. They were pretty good, actually. So we went today, and they have this big-ass, badass menu inside, and it's like, if it says boss man, it's a specialty. It's not like a normal whatever. They've got like, it's like, you know, like crazy flavors and shit that they've they've made their own like specialty menu items or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they've got this burrito called the California, and I'm they like, got what? This California. I did not. I got my standard delicious normal tacos what kind did you get chicken uh yeah i got chicken today instead of the steak but you know with the cilantro and onions and corn like the tortillas. same kind like that uh Guero's has hashtag yeah. boring and they, yeah boring I like that it's not boring yeah it's boring no 
It's good. It's delicious. It's simple, good. simple, clean, simple. crisp. I like that. Simple's the better. Just because you got a problem with cilantro doesn't mean you got to have a problem with the delicious. Tacos. You got a problem with Reptor. You got a problem with me. Sorry. I don't know what that is. What kind of taco? Well, tell me about your burrito. Which, that's from <laughs> Workaholics. Uh, uh, the random. dragon statue. Yeah, I remember. Anyways, uh, so I had the California burrito. And it has steak and pico de gallo and sour cream and guac and french fries in, in the burrito. That sounds delicious. It was amazing. It was, it was huge. Incre- it was as big as my head. It's stupid. It weighed like three pounds. <laughs> I, three to five pounds. Did you pounds. eat the whole thing? I got pretty fucking yeah. close. <laughs> he, it was a good th- three quarters of the way through. And then some. Yeah, it was probably like 90%. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what kind of fries? Amount. They were just like uh, thick cut fries. Steak cut fries? Yeah. I hate those kind. But oh. in a burrito, it's like having oh, just like man. delicious like potatoes. Potato. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, had, did I say pico? I had pico de gallo too? Yeah, you said mm-hmm. pico. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a delicious burrito. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we would have to split it that. It was really good. Sweet. We can do that sometime. I want to try a French fry burrito. Okay. Even if it is steak fries. I don't like steak cut fries. They're too thick for me. But if it's like fluffy like that and it's in a burrito, I'm going to like it. Oh, yeah, you will. I like potatoes and burritos. Mm. Yeah, they had a couple other ones that I was thinking about ordering. I can't really remember off the top of my head what they were called, but they had a lot of different options at this place. There it was, was so much. Yeah. Oh, there was so much. Yeah. I want to go back to El Salto again because they had like those like create your own, like build your own shit. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I remember that. But everything was so good and like fresh there. Oh, yeah. That was good. V, what else we got on our list rocking out now? Well, let's see. We talked about Aquaman and uh, what a piece of shit that was. Talked about your burrito. Oh, I wanted to mention that uh, Gone with the Wind is going to be playing in theaters. I think it was February 28th and... March March 3rd or something? Something like that. I'm going to have to look. Um, Yeah, but it's uh, celebrating its 80th anniversary. That's awesome. Mm. Also celebrating its 80th anniversary is The Wizard of Oz. That makes sense. They both came out in 39. That's crazy. 1939 was a big year for movies. The golden age of movies. I think we've talked about that before. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, train of but our I existence. Go see that. I, w- I would love to go see Gone with the Wind in the theaters. And I feel like I would want to get dressed up, but I wouldn't. And then I'd regret it. Maybe, except every time we get dressed up for the opera, we feel overdressed. Yeah, but it's still fun. A little bit extra. I'm still going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I want to go see Gone with the Wind. It's like three and a half hours. You're going to have to commit to uh, watching this movie. (laughs) I don't know. Have you guys seen it all the way through? Oh, I like Gone with the Wind. I have years ago. I haven't seen it in many years. It would be a cool experience to go to the theater, though, because, truth, fact, statement, first date my grandparents ever went on, Gone with the Wind. Really? Yep. Wild. Yep. And then they were going to get married, and my grandpa got shipped off to World War II. Wild. And then he came back, and then they decided to get married, and they moved to Roswell, New Mexico, and had my uncle. Wild. Yep. And that's a true story. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. That is cool. Oh, damn. I don't know where I want to go from here. Let sure. Me see. 
we were talking earlier about Harold Ramis with the whole Groundhog Day thing, and we just watched the new Ghostbusters teaser trailer. What Finally do you think about talking that? about it on Foodies. Man, you know what's weird? It did it for me. Very little. Uh, I want to say that I'm pretty sure, uh, you can look this up, I'm pretty sure his son, Harold Ramis' son, is directing this one, or wrote and directed this one. And it's online to look up, if you want to, about who's directing the Ghostbusters 3 right, movie. Alright, I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> thanks, R&D department. Uh, but just in sound effects, just in giving me the old proton pack sound and, you know, the few little nods to the the music in the library in the first movie, you know, like, just the few little nods they gave in that teaser alone was enough to make me go, like, I want a trailer right now, God damn it! It's another, like, year and change away. Yeah, July 2020, they will be releasing Ghostbusters 3, making it a true sequel to the original films. Uh, let's see, according... Oh, one of my own. Streetrant.com says, It was recently announced that Sony is taking a new direction with the franchise by making a true sequel to the original films. The third installment of the previous franchise had secretly been in development by Jason Reitman, who is set to direct the film and already shot a short teaser trailer. The initial reports of Ghostbusters 3 stated a plan for Sony to get the movie out in theaters next year. With the project still making headlines, Sony is now given the sequel an official release date, which is, like I said, July 2020. July 10th, 2020. Yeah. So it's Ivan Reitman's son, Jason. Yes. Who was the original director and co-writer for Ghostbusters with Harold Ramis. Totally makes sense. Totally fucking makes sense. I love the concept, too. I looked it up, and they said, that, like, the brief synopsis is the OG cast essentially handing the torch down to a younger team with a mixture of both boys and girls on that team. Yeah, it's going to be attracting kids and families. So, man, uh, proper Ghostbusters, you know, no offense to... We still never even finished, or I, I don't think we even watched... Um, the reboot Ghostbusters. I haven't seen it. Yeah, no. You told me that you heard it was bad, and we just never got around to watching we it. We never did get around to watching it. We should try to maybe do that, I and guess. that's weird, because we love uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Leslie Jones is in it, too. Yes, Melissa McCarthy. and uh, God, she was hilarious on uh, that last episode of SNL. We watched that rap she did about living on the Upper East mm. Side. That yeah. <laughs> was so funny. That was hysterical. SNL has been on point this season. <coughs> Man, they're before. so good. They're so good. James yeah. McAvoy was the the recent host. That was a funny episode, but he wasn't particularly like super funny to me. But mm. It was a funny episode. Yeah, it was all right. I enjoyed it. Another trailer we watched was the trailer for Toy Story 4, which I think we've all agreed that mm. we're not going to be watching. I don't I, think I can I see that movie. No. When both I'm good. Tom I'm good. Hanks and Tim Allen are like, man, this movie is fucking emotionally terrible. Like, yeah, it's sad no. as fuck. I don't want sad as fuck. I don't want my Toy Story experience to be tainted with sad as fuck at the end. All of them are sad. Uh, right. To some degree, yeah, I guess. I thought the first one wasn't sad. Pretty good. First one was totally sad. It had, like, abandonment issues and mm -hmm. jealousy and murder and mayhem. 
attempted True. murder anyway. Do you guys remember that one time we were on this other podcast and this guy was talking about like he was singing like Randy Newman as a dog? That was <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that I'm was a dog, funny. and my name is Shout it's out a dog. To the story. Yeah, that shit was funny as fuck, man. <laughs> Damn. Oh, he's like, I don't Randy. like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Newman. Yeah. I, so yeah, I will not be watching the new Toy Story movie. That's all we have to say about that. And that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> what shit. else next? Uh, wow. Let's see. Oh, we were gonna talk. Did we talk about? All of the new hot ones that we wanted to talk no, about. No, I wanted to talk about Gordon Ramsay and his surgical precision cutting of that donut. And yeah. all the weird stuff he did on hot ones. And then, like, as his pain threshold began to, like, dwindle, he just opted out for grabbing the donut with his hands. Yeah. the knife and fork etiquette. And it was, just it was one donuts. of the weirdest hot ones interviews I've ever seen. He's such a weirdo. He it's just so went funny. For it. really funny. It was a good one. Yeah, it was good. I love Gordon Ramsay. I've never seen anybody bring donuts to hot ones no, before. No, and the lemon and the lime juice. That was disgusting. And he kept squirting it in his uh, mouth. Oh. That was so gross. Yeah. Oh, my I, God, and he kept talking about his ass. Yeah, he did. <laughs> He's a f- ridiculous. I didn't realize when I walk out of it, I'd have three assholes. <laughs> like, the hole in my body is on fire. <laughs> 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 it was so funny. Why did I just think of that? You guys have seen the thing on Facebook. It's like what lava sounds like, and you click it because you want to hear like lava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the Mario music. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you go into Bowser's Castle. Have you uh, not seen that video, Sarah? Yeah, I, I've seen that. Okay, okay, my bad. It's okay. Yeah, that was a good episode of Hot Ones. The other good one we watched was the one with Abby and Alana from Broad City. Hell yeah. That was funny. Adorable. Per use. It was tame. Yeah. Do you guys want to watch uh, the, f- I guess, is this the fifth and final season? Yeah, it's done. It's, it's like the series finale. Yeah. Do you Damn. guys want to watch it? R.I.P. Broad City. Mm. I thought season one, two, and three was just hysterical. Yeah. Four yeah, got a little weird. Stuff. I yeah. think. I think it started to shift for me when they had Hillary on. Yep. I don't know why. Yeah, I didn't want the politics in my broad city. Yeah, well. Yeah. But it was there. Uh, whatever. I wonder what they're going to do next. I'm excited to see. I feel like uh, one of those two just lent their voice to a movie I watched. An uh, animated feature. Oh, really? Sorts. Yeah. That's cool. I don't remember what it was, though. That's okay. We had something else we needed to talk about. Uh, the Oscar noms oh, just were rena- uh, announced. Yeah. You want to read those off? Yeah, I've got the list here. It's this is foodies watching movies. It's vast. Know. We've got the ballots. We'll probably be doing our official picks closer to Oscar time once we've had a little bit more time to attempt to see seen, some of these movies. I haven't seen any of these Oscar nominations. Incorrect. So, hold Excuse me. Sure, sorry. I haven't seen any of the Oscar nominations, so I don't know what movies are nominated, but I can say that more than likely I have not seen hardly any of them. And I'm actually going into this. Telling you, you're incorrect. You've seen more than you've realized. Guaranteed. Okay. Okay, so let's let's go down it. As best achievement in sound mixing, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, Roma, A Star is Born. 
I've so, seen one of those. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jesus. But you want to see Bohemian Rhapsody, obviously. Okay, we, this is not what I want to see. This no, is what I, I've actually there, seen. There's That's stuff what on, I said. There's stuff on the list you've actually seen. I'm just... Gosh. Okay. Next on the list is Best Achievement in Sound Editing. Okay. We've got Sound Editing, A Quiet Place, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, and Roma. I don't know what Roma is. I heard it was really good. It's almost like there's five movies that came out last year. It's almost no. like I've only seen one of them. More than that, but though. Again. Best live action short film. Nobody's seen any of these. <laughs> <laughs> At least I haven't. Sorry, <laughs> just keeping it real. Uh, I like the worst foodies watching movies ever. What? <laughs> like, I haven't yeah. seen any of these movies. I feel but they're, but they're, But not all of them are even in theaters, technically, oh. you know? I mean... I know. I'm just saying so. I need to do better on my current films, I suppose. Okay, so best live-action short film, Detainment, Fave, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. No I idea. any of those. Great. Nope. Best animated <laughs> short film, Animal Behavior, Bayo, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. We Don't. did see Bayo. What? That was that little doe. The doe. Oh, the that was dunk. weird. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was before. Oh, that, I think was, that was one of those sad things. That was that out. That was before that other movie that was also sad, and I felt lied to. I Love Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Dog movie. I Love Dogs. That uh, movie was not as advertised, I feel. Best Achievement in Film Editing. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. Green Book. The Favorite. And Device. Best Achievement in Costume Design. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yes, that's the real name. Uh, the Favorite. Mary Poppins Returns. Black Panther. Mary Queen of Scots. Mm. Best Achievement in Visual Effects. Avengers Infinity War. Christopher Robin. First Man. Ready Player One. Solo. A Star Wars story. There are now four movies on the list you've seen, V. Do you feel oh better? Boy. Do you feel better? You saw Ready Player One, right? We watched that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a pretty cool one. Okay. Best achievement in... Did you have something to say? I don't want to roll over you. Okay, sorry. Okay. I'm good. <clears throat> Best Chilling. achievement in production design. Black Panther. The Favorite. First Man. Mary Poppins Returns. And Roma. Best achievement in makeup and hairstyling. Border. Mary Queen of Scots. And Vice. Best Achievement in Cinematography, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, Roma, A Star is Born. Best Adapted Screenplay, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Beale Street Could Talk, and A Star is Born. Best Original Screenplay. First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, the favorite and Vice. Can I mention? I really want to see Vice. That's that Dick Cheney movie. 
with, yeah, with uh, Cri- Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, and uh, Can Sam Can I just Rockwell. say that I've been really loving the Christian Bale meme that's been going around? Which one? It's, it's been saying, like, it's like four different Christian Bales, and it's like, Tell, tell your you. lady that you look like Christian Bale, but don't tell her in which role. Yeah. It was mm. like the one from The Machinist where he's super like skeletal and the Cheney one vice where he's like. I think one of them was Batman when he's Batman super buff. Batman when he's super buff. Mm. And then one, I don't know what movie he looks like a meth head in, but I'm sure there's several. He's, yeah. <laughs> um, Seems like that kind of dude. That kind of best, method actor. Best documentary, sort subject. Black Sheep and Game Lifeboat, a night at the garden. Period. End of sentence. Well, okay. Okay. Best documentary feature. Free Solo. Hill County this morning, this evening. Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap. Why do I feel like that's on Netflix? What is that about, though? I have no okay. idea. I don't know. But I remember when I was in London hearing "Mind the Gap" all the time mm-hmm. when you take the tube. Hmm. So you don't trip. Of fathers and sons. And the one I'm most interested in seeing, RBG. Hmm. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's funny. (laughs) Chief Justice Ginsburg in the house. Best original score. Black Panther. Black Klansman. If Beale Street Could Talk. Isle of Dogs. Mary Poppins Returns. (laughs) Isle of Dogs is on your list, too. You've seen it. Oh, boy. Uh, best original song. All the stars, Black Panther. I'll fight, RBG. Shallow, A Star Is Born. You know that one's gonna win. The actually, I think Black Panther is gonna win because they're performing the, all the stars at the Oscars. That means that they're not gonna win. Really? Ooh. Yeah, because Lady Gaga. Talk about it. If they, it's more than probable that they are not going to win. But the reason that they are getting to play their song is because they're not going to win and it was excellent and they want to like honor it or something just my just a thought but okay. i honestly think that the lady gaga song is going to win i think it's got more hype okay. i think it's got more buzz uh a place where lost things go mary poppins returns and when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings the ballad buster scruggs yeah, I don't think that's mm. going to be winning. No idea. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> this next category yeah. is the one that I feel like I have most skin in the game because it's got the movies I want to see and some that I have seen. So, Best Animated Feature Film, Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Up next... Best foreign language film. Hold, please. Ralph Breaks the Internet and Incredibles 2, I don't think, are Oscar worthy. <laughs> Animated, though. Feature yeah. films? They were good. I But, I mean, you got to think about what else oh, I was. I didn't see Wreck It Ralph 2. We didn't watch the second one. No, not yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. So I guess I, I shouldn't be talking about things that I don't. I shouldn't have an opinion about things. We did that see I, I Love Dogs, about. though. I did. It was very artsy. It's Wes Anderson, of course, you know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. Spidey with the runaway. Yeah, He's t- probably. They're taking every other award and every other yeah, you're award right, you're right, ceremony. You're right. So I think they're just going to clean sweep at the Oscars, too. It just mm-hmm. makes the most sense. Best foreign language film. Capernaum. Cold War. Never Look Away. Roma. Shoplifters. 
Apparently, this Roma movie is pretty good. Hey? Yeah, it's in a lot of categories. It's got like to watch seven it. or eight noms. That's what they all paid for. Yeah, best for su- you to say that, so you go watch it. <laughs> best supporting actor. We watched that on uh, Adam Ruins the Hollywood. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. On Adam Ruins that. Everything. I want to watch that. We'll watch it after. Yeah, I love that show. Sure. Well, like I can't Adam watch it. You guys everything. can watch it, but. Uh, yeah, mm. old we'll Rick ruining everything. Beck's best supporting actor. Mashashala Ali, Green Book. Adam Driver, Black Klansman. Sam Elliott, A Star is Born. Richard E. Grant, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Sam Rockwell, Vice. Best Supporting Actress. Amy Adams, Vice. Maria de Tavira, Roma. Regina King, If Beale Street Could Talk. Emma Stone, The Favorite. Rachel Weiss, The Favorite. Interesting that two females from the same movie are nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Indeed. Best Actor. Christian Bale, Vice. Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Willem Dafoe, At Eternity's Grace. Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody. And Viggo Mortensen, Green Book. <clears throat> I feel like it's going to come down between... Uh, the guy from Bohemian Rhapsody and Bradley Cooper. I actually think that Christian Bale's going to win this one. I really do. He put on like 55 pounds to play that role. He abused his body. Has he ever won an Oscar before? Uh, shit, I don't know. You'd have to look it up. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I'm not sure if he has or not. Because I want to say he does that for every role. Mm. You right, you right. He's a method actor. Yeah. yeah. But those are the kind of talking about that. <laughs> but those are the kind of guys that usually don't get enough love, and then you know eventually they got to win a big one. Uh, best actress, Yalitza Aparicio, Roma, Glenn Close, The Wife, Lady Gaga, A Star Is Born, Olivia Coleman, The Favorite, Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? Melissa McCarthy is nominated for an Oscar. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Best director. There's some some controversy with this best director. Let's talk about it in a second. Best director, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Christian Bale has won before. Best <laughs> performance by an a- actor in a supporting role in 2011 for, for The Fighter or something. The Fighter was the role where he looked all methed out. Oh, because he was the druggy brother. I didn't see that movie. Mm. Oh, wait. No, I did. I didn't like that movie. Okay. Best director. Back to it. So, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. Powell Pawlowski. Cold War. Yorgos Lanthimos. Lanthimosos. That's weird. The favorite. Alfonso Carano. Roma. Adam McKay. Vice. And now, for Best Picture, we're there to the final one. Your nominees Jeez, take for- forever. Shh. Silence. Okay, Best Picture. Black Panther. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. The Favorite. Green Book. Roma. A Star is Born. And Vice. Okay. That snap was for me for timing. For it's you're fine. Okay, so 
That is the Oscar noms. Okay, great. <laughs> I wish that I would have seen more of them so I could have well, some we're gonna, better opinions. We'll, but you know what? I bet who does have some good opinions about it is AP. He's going to be locked in on this season mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these movies we have access to, I would love to watch them. We just need to sit down and lock them in. I agree. We have access we have to watching. We have a list of things that we want to watch. Bohemian Rhapsody is one we can watch. Mm-hmm. We can watch Vice in the near imminent future. You said you wanted to watch Black Klansman. Yes, absolutely. Definitely on the list. We, You know what did not get nominated? Hmm. Horse Force. Oh, oh, sorry to bother you. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. It did not get any noms at all, um, which some people were Sometimes shocked by. Sometimes those artsy pieces don't. Yeah. Also, I think that uh, Ryan Coogler not getting a nom for Best Director for Black Panther is a shock. Because oh. I thought he did a fantastic job directing that movie. But anyways. So there was some upsets in your yeah, opinion. Yeah, a little bit. There were some. Yeah, some we'll see. Oversights. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> ultimately, you know, another movie that I wanted to watch. We started watching it. Uh, the Joan Jett documentary on Netflix. Mm. Is it on Netflix or Hulu? Hulu. Hulu called Bad Reputation, and I started it, and it's fabulous. And I'm super into it, and I can't wait to watch the rest of it. Yeah, it's really, really good. I recommend it so far. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do we have to talk about be on the list? I think that's about it. Really? We got through it all? Mm. Damn. That's impressive. Yeah, I'm just sitting here eating these uh, cheese and crackers and <laughs> sipping on my ginger ale. Oh, oh, well, shoot. Okay, well, I guess I'll get into the plugs then. As always, you guys can check out Foodies Watching Movies right here on Journey Into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com every other Wednesday opposite journey into wrestling you can check out the journey into comics network and get all the different shows on itunes podbean stitcher radio google play music Castbox, spotify and more just search journey into comics network where you'll get the journey into comics podcast Poor 360 journey into wrestling this show foodies watching movies adulting ain't easy podcastrophe kids for sale crucial tunes the voice of survival podcast gallif radio bruise with dudes and Dungeons with Dudes. Also go to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash journeyintocomics. Give us a dollar for early access and exclusive content. Or give us more dollars and you'll get cooler stuff. You'll see it there if you go there. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it, girls. I think we got mm-hmm. it. All right, let's bring it home then for Foodies Watching Movies Season 3, Episode 10. I've been Nate. Sarah. I'm Veronica. And as always, you know, eat fearless. Later.